Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. This meeting of the Movie Council is now in session. Hello and welcome to the Movie Council podcast, the number one ranked movie podcast on the internet. This is episode number 62, and my name is Dan Sherry. I am your host, and I'm joined once again by my esteemed colleagues, the Director of Security for the Movie Council, Mr. Marky Bondarit. Thank you, sir. And the co-founder and COO of the Movie Council, Mr. Andrew Sherry. I'm here tonight. <laughs> yes, you are. And making his long-awaited return, the CPF of the Movie Council, Mr. Andrew Harvey. Woo! What up? Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back. Oh, Gotta get my is. mojo back first, though. It's been a while. It's been a while. So my podcast voice isn't, you know, what it usually is right now. What does CPF stand for? CPF, the uh, close personal friend. Oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, nice. Close personal friend of the movie council, Andrew Harvey. A Hollywood insider. Are. Yes. Boots on the ground. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Very, very excited to have you back, Andrew. Uh, we, we're we're, we're going to get into uh, to Andrew and what he's been up to and uh, all that as we go along. But uh, before we really dig in, AJ, Marky, how how about you two? How have you guys been? Me, I've been I've been good. All I've really wanted is some goddamn peace and quiet. Yeah, you know? but <laughs> besides that, I've been. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> My dad used to say that, you know, I just want some goddamn <laughs> peace and quiet, you know. So what do you want for want Christmas, Dad? Had some goddamn peace and quiet. Um, no, things are good. Work is work, you know, things are going well. I got vacation coming up the week uh leading up to you know Christmas. So really looking forward to that, trying to get everything done at work before I head out. But that's it. Nice. Excited nice. for tonight's episode. Very happy to have Andrew back tonight. Yes, yeah. as we are all. Uh, Marky, how about yourself? Uh, how you been this last week? I've uh, I've been well. You, you know, been working from home. Uh, like I mentioned to you, DP earlier. Um, I've had a nice couple of weeks working from home, not traveling too much, which has been good. Um, I put a deposit down on a new car, so I am Ooh. awaiting a twenty twenty two. Forerunner that should be delivering uh, the week bef- the weekend before Christmas, so I can't wait to show that bitch off. Hey, you know, know drive that from my brother. Present, huh? I also just uh, went and had a couple beers with my bosses and collected a bonus, a raise, and a bonus for next week and a gift card. So I'm feeling pretty fucking good right now. Yeah, Marky. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah, he that said he wanted to have beers. Nice. I was like, oh shit, is this good news or bad news? <laughs> <laughs> it was good news. It was a lot of money in my pocket. 
and money for right. next year. So right. why, why is he trying to get me liquored up? What's it? Yeah. <laughs> That's the question you ask. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that is excellent, Marky. So, um, all right. So before we get into anything, I want to, uh, to, to get into some listener feedback. Uh, we've got a couple of messages this week. Our, our first one is not surprisingly from our favorite listener, Rachel. Uh, trademark. Yes. Tra- trademark favorite listener. And uh, she sent us a message on Instagram and she says, Hey fellas, favorite listener here. I just gave this week's episode a listen and then went and watched red notice. I've been on the couch all day feeling very fatigued from my booster shot and needed something to cheer me up. Great recommendation. I loved this movie. It was so funny. And I'm even further convinced that Ryan Reynolds continues to just play himself in every role. It definitely reminded me of Indiana Jones down to the Nazis. It was also really nice to hear from Tim. Keep up the great work. Your favorite listener, a.k.a. Rachel. Nice. <laughs> the Rock plays himself too, right? I mean, that's I, I hear what she's saying. Ryan Reynolds is becoming Ryan Reynolds, the, the actor, the character. The mm. Rock isn't too far from it too. Yeah, but, I was going to say right. the Rock pretty much is himself too, isn't it? It's what we you all know, want. Yeah. Right. You, what, almost, you almost expect like Deadpool, Ryan Reynolds in every film. Now. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. what we all want. I mean, we just want more of that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy watching. Right. And, and, and yeah, it, it, it's a fun watch. So, yes, Rachel. Yeah. Th- thank you so much for the feedback, which uh, actually before we move on to the next one, just to, to let everyone know, if you do have some feedback for us, uh, you, you can email us at moviecouncilpod at gmail.com. Or uh, hit us up on social media. We can be found at Movie Council Pod on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and uh, not TikTok yet, but I'm sure we'll, we'll be on TikTok <laughs> soon enough, you know. So AJ will head that up. The oldest yes. person in our group will be managing our TikTok account. <laughs> yeah. have some no, dance videos no, in there. Nothing could go wrong yeah. with that, right? <laughs> you got to shake your titties, though. <laughs> so uh and our next bit of feedback uh we we actually got a couple weeks ago i wanted to uh i i wanted to save it till the night uh tim was with us our, our ceo but i figure actually tonight's just as good of a night to to read this email so uh, uh so i'm gonna go ahead and give it to you this is uh from a new listener he's never never emailed before but he tells us right off the bat, he says, I'd like to be known on the podcast as AssFister23. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Why 23? So you, you got a pretty good idea where this is going. And so he reaches out and he says, I'd like to start with what I like about the podcast. Your entrance and ex- exit music is on point. I especially especially like the exit music, as I then know the insufferable podcast is over and Uh, I can stop doing my friend a solid of being a faithful listener. Nice. (laughs) I'm only on episode 27, 
So you guys might have turned things around or my comments could be out of date, but I strongly doubt it. I know that I could go to my local legion and listen to four other bumbling idiots on a random Tuesday night and feel just as satisfied as listening to you cocksuckers. Nice. So now let's dance with the esteemed colleagues, which again, <laughs> I think he meant colleagues, but right. Learn how to spell asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I clean off some steaming white dog shit and call it albino filet, it's still a piece of white dog shit. Not unlike you bunch of cunts. Between the excess drinking, offensive host, taking over each other and or talking over each other and background noise of nice knife juggling. I'm unable to take you guys seriously. And there's Marky's knife. <laughs> Hell, even an esteemed colleague passed out during a podcast. Are you fucking kidding me? AJ. <laughs> AJ. I used to think that people who did these podcasts were well-educated, highly intelligent, and pillars of the community. Now I realize that any bunch of ass clowns can get some mediocre recording equipment and send shit out. Hey, it's, yeah, it's not they wrong. figured it out. <laughs> They're on to us, guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, he goes on. Uh, I've seen monkeys in the zoo have crap fights more organized than you guys. You do this nice. on a Friday night. What a bunch of losers that y'all look mm -hmm. forward to jerking each other off and talking about movies on a Friday night. Which, fair, I, fair. The, real, real quick pause, is there anything better than getting jerked off and talking about movies? <laughs> I mean, can I, just say, can I just say, who, who, who goes to the zoo? Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, uh, speaking of jerking each other off, Holy shit on the incest jokes being rammed down our throats. There you go. It's, I've been saying this for a while. Yeah, it's very creepy. <laughs> I'm from New Hampshire and find your incest jokes to be a bit much and over the top. <laughs> even my well, that's sister. saying something. Yeah, <laughs> even my sister, the mother of my two children, finds it extremely <laughs> offensive and very off color. <laughs> good stuff. That was good. Yeah, well played. That's a fucking great joke. <laughs> uh, I bet one of you still does this podcast in your mom's basement. Timmy would be my choice. He literally <laughs> mm, close. He, yeah, he literally makes me feel better about my life. <clears throat> so, uh, AJ, how many cartons of cigarettes did you smoke to get that raspy country music voice? <laughs> And Daniel, the chief boy toy from the Shari family, that's like being the smartest kid on the short bus. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> for being the least worst option. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, boy. Uh, now let's swing it on down to Charolot. Oh, shit. Mis misspelling that I'm going to point out. Um, don't worry, <laughs> Marky. I'm not going to be making fun of you. At first, I thought your slow speech and methodical speaking was to build up suspense and that your sultry southern drawl was to impress the ladies. Now I just realize that you're borderline retarded. 
it makes man. sense that you're in charge of colored pencils. <laughs> <laughs> and you probably still use them. I do. Way to stay in the lines, good buddy. I'm proud um, of you. Keep up the good work. <laughs> and, and here we really get going. Now it's showtime. Let's talk about oh, the shit. ringleader of this Island of Misfit Toys. How could you guys possibly do this podcast without him? No, seriously, he's insufferable as the host. How can you do it without him? <laughs> I'd bring back Andrew, the first guest speaker from Annapurna Pictures. That guy fucking rocks. Oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> oh, so you're welcome. Here is Andrew. He's back. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, I did not think I was getting spared. I thought, uh, I thought bullets were coming at me, too. Yeah. Uh, he has a few more insults to Timmy, but uh, it was, nice. <laughs> this, this is a long email. So, so we'll, we'll cut to the end where he says, on a serious note, you guys are fucking hilarious. I enjoy how we can tell you are clearly getting wasted in the podcast. <laughs> the yes, drunker sir. you guys get, the funnier you become. It's only a matter of time before things go off the rails. I only downloaded Spotify to listen to you guys, and I only listen to you guys. Fuck two bears, one cave. Nice. You all are criminally underrated and have a depth of knowledge with movies that is unrivaled. I learn so much every time I listen and have watched some great movies based on your recommendations. I listen every waking moment in the car. I can't get enough of you guys. That's what she said. <laughs> to show my gratitude I have signed you all up for the Jelly of the Month Club for 2022 <laughs> it's a gift that keeps on giving all year and Marky, just kidding I'd never fuck with anyone with an extensive gun collection uh, yeah, I'm from North Carolina man, it's the South <laughs> guys, keep up the great work and love you all, no homo I tell everyone to listen and promote you guys as much as possible Keep up the amazing podcast as it has raised my love for movies. And somehow I enjoy them more with their deep insights. So, and that, wow. that is, it signed off. It's Christmas. Blow me. Frank Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs> he also has in here uh, a, a movie council drinking game okay. where he's got some different ones. We'll, we'll, we'll get into in a future episode because I want to expound on the movie council drinking game. Uh, dude, this, this dude's email fun as shit. <laughs> this dude's email is an episode. Yeah, it really yeah. is. That yeah. I'm dying. Yeah. I, mean, I don't That's know about cheeks. you guys, but I think this Frank guy is quite a nice gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Oh, what, what a shock. What a very nice guy. I like was a big fan of his. <laughs> shocking. Frank, you could write in any time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My cheeks are sore. I, I, I was cheesing that entire time. That was great. Thank uh, you so much. Excellent. Yeah, that was good. That was solid. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll get into his uh, drinking game in a future episode. But okay, uh, cool. Michael, thank you. Thank you for the email. Keep them coming. We fucking really, really love that one. So, that was um, fantastic. All right. And like I said, Michael's favorite person, Andrew, is here. So we're going to talk to him. But real quick, before we do, uh, I haven't quite come up with the uh, the movie news 
sound effect yet, but we have some movie news-ish, you know? Uh, the, the Writers Guild of America just this past week came out with their 101 greatest screenplays of the 21st century so far. So uh, I'm going to give you guys uh, some of the ones on the list, and I, I want to see if you guys can pick some some of the top 10 and uh, figure out what's on here. But we'll go through some of the ones that we've talked about here on the podcast. <laughs> um, so uh, we'll, we'll start at 101 is the Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. Uh, number 100 is Legally Blonde, which I got to say, I, I used to be kind of like, a, it used to be like a guilty pleasure. Because I liked it so much, but no, I don't feel so guilty. Uh, <laughs> Are we going to be allowed to guess some of these or no? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I said, I mean, you want to guess all 101? We no, 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 no. Seven, no, seven no. episodes to get through that. So no, motherfucker. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, so yeah, let, let let me lay out a few of them. So uh, and then you guys can start your guessing. Like uh, yeah, cocksucker. So like number 93, Borat. Which interesting. Uh, it didn't seem like it was much of a screenplay. It just, you know, just throwing was, shit. At the fan. Sacha Baron Cohen going around being funny, but you know, whatever. Uh, another one I love. Uh, Black Klansman comes in at number ninety. It's good. It's good. Uh, naturally, everyone's got to know, right? What is number sixty nine? <clears throat> it's uh, the movie Book Smart, which Ooh, I haven't yes. seen, but uh, I don't even know that one. The Nana Perna movie. Yeah, is it? come on. Oh, God yeah. damn it, Marky. Oh, yeah. fuck me. Then. Excellent <laughs> movie. Olivia Wilde and yeah, Caitlin Beaver and uh, Jody Fel- or um, Beanie Feldstein. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, one of my all time favorite movies is uh, at number 64, Hell or High Water. Love it. That, that should Great be way fucking play. higher. Way yeah. fucking higher. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see, like 12 Years a Slave is that number 54? Again, higher. way higher. Uh, you know, great movie. Yeah. yeah, so what is what is above these? Oh, well, we're getting there. So another one we love, number 40 in Bruges. Mm. Oh. How is that 40? You know, so, so all right. Oh, I, like, I like that, though. Like, this is the 21st century, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of films. There, yeah, there is. I so, think in Bruges at forties, that's not bad. No, but but when you hear some of these top ones, you might you might change your mind. So, you know, right. what about you, get Marky AJ? You have any guesses as to what number one is? Um, well, you gave us a sneak peek earlier off air, saying that we would never get it. Yeah, so there's no chance you'll get it. Uh, 21st century number one screenplay. I'm and I'm also terrible about um. I, I I don't pay attention necessarily to a movie of like what's an original screenplay. These are original screenplays, right? Mm-hmm. Uh no, just screenplays. Does it have to just be screenplay? Original? Yeah. Okay. Just the best screenplays. So. Um. Well, shit. I don't know. It's going to be something dumb. I'm going to say Les Mis. Oh, no, AJ, you got a guess? Uh... It is one. I'll tell you this. I'll give you a hint. We've talked about it on the podcast. And now I'll just give it away. It's a about movie. Parasite. 
Ooh, your close parasite is actually number four. Nice. The the number four. Uh number one is one we were shocked Marky hadn't seen. Like, you've never seen that, Marky? And so we made him watch it on oh my god, you've never seen that night. Oh, 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 get out. Yes, yeah, HA. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very nicely done. Yeah. Get out. The number one screenplay of the 21st century. So it was no good. No way. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was good, good. But number come one, on. number so, one. So, 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 um, we were kind of talking about this pre-recording a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Weren't we, um, Andrew? You were like totally like you knew the answer. Yeah, yeah. But you were against that being. What, what do you think is the best screenplay of the 21st century so far? Oh man, I, I mean. I don't know. You can't even. Or what's uh, better than Get Out? Because Get Out won an Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Yeah, I'll tell you what. So, like the number seven movie, There Will Be Blood. I'd put that ahead of Get Out. Uh, I mean, you mentioned In Bruges. I would put In Bruges ahead of Get Out. I mean, Mm -hmm. Martin McDonough is one of the best out there. Yeah, I would put Um, In Bruges up there in the top 10 for sure. But it's funny, actually, that that was mentioned because I have a good friend who's an esteemed director. Um, who hated Get Out because he thought the screenplay was terrible. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? This was like a couple years, a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I don't dislike the movie. I think the screenplay is fine. But to mention it as the best number of the one, pen, no way, like not, not a chance. I, it I was, would be, I would just have to, fifty for me. I have to tell uh, you though, I, I think that this list having that as number one is pretty accurate. I, I see a lot of love for that movie. Oh yeah, well, it's, it's a love. lot of love for that movie. It's Tons good. of love. Yeah, it's a great movie. I just I don't know about the screenplay. Like I've read some horrible screenplays that have turned out to be really good films, you know, and I've mm-hmm. and like vice okay. versa as well. Yeah. So I just I think like the structural yeah. part of it is just like not what, the what best. also what also is this metric that they're measuring for number one screenplay because. I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually, no, but I GP, GP, you you were against that too. What do you think is the best best screenplay? Uh, dude, of the... I would put uh, No Country for Old Men ahead of that. Totally. That's good. Yeah. I, I, what like number? Said, what number? High Water. What, what number is that on the list? No Country. Uh, for Old no Country for Old Men is number five. Okay. So it, right, it's so well it's up, up there. there. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's better. Well, um, it's also they don't go back very far, from what I remember. I scanned through the list and I was kind of like, "What?" on a lot of them. But twenty first century, go back but... very far. You know, okay. or well, yeah, how... just two thousand. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Ignore so, that. <laughs> from <laughs> the year two thousand, <laughs> yeah. the the number ten movie is Memento. I put yeah, that yeah. screenplay ahead one of my of one of my favorites. Well. One of my favorites. Yeah. 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 So here, I'll, I'll give you guys the 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 top ten. Top ten is great. Yeah. All right. Number as we said, number one, Get Out. Number two, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Great movie. That's good. Yeah. Uh, number three, The Social Network. Love that movie. Fantastic yeah. writing. Yeah. yeah. Awesome writing. Fincher uh, uh, directing Sorkin. is unbelievable. Sorkin wrote that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I I don't find the movie that great, but yeah, like I said, the writing. Is I I think I think Social Network is such a great movie. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm more of a DP. I didn't really care for it too much, but I could appreciate yeah. the movie. It, it was good. I just yeah. Want to fight me and Andrew versus you and DP? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
right. Uh, so number number four. Number four. Uh, number four, as you said, was Parasite. Parasite. Right. That's right. great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, number five, No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Number good. six, Moonlight. Okay. I, never saw I think that's yeah. I've Decent never movie, seen it, but no. Yeah. Uh, number seven, There Will Be Blood. Number yeah. eight. This is an interesting one. Inglorious Bastards. Interesting. I, I could see How that many, in the top tenner. You know that it's that was it's funny because his screenplays his screenplays are uh, almost like a comic book. Yeah. So like, was, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, it's 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 what you want to hear. It's not what you hear in real life. It's it's kind of dialogue that you wish people. It's what you wish you heard. Maybe not really because the, the it'd be a terrible world that you lived in, but. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a, it's like comic characters going back and forth. It's funny that he's up there that far. Yeah, I was going to say like Tarantino's screen. He's an example of just obviously. I mean, he's a good writer, of course. Don't get me wrong, but his screenplays are like they're always structured weird, and it's like it's almost like you're reading Chicken Scratch because he has it all in his head. Yeah, but right. I almost I almost feel like like Django would have been a better, a higher like that would should have been higher. Yeah, yeah. I Django could see some other Tarantino is, movies that uh, came after 2000 that would be better than. Uh, Glorious Bastards. Right. Django won. Didn't Django win? Hateful Eight would have been better than, in my opinion, better screenplay than Inglorious. But I just like, I just like the Django film. Like, I just like the structure of the the writing better for that. I don't know. Yeah. Django was number 74 on the list. Is Hateful Eight in there? No. Uh, All right. To round out the top 10, number nine was Almost Famous. And number 10, as we said, was Memento. So, uh, although I guess I number 12, okay. I love, I actually, I think this should be a top 10 is Bridesmaids. I <laughs> fucking what number? love what number? Bridesmaids. Uh, 12. It's hey, number 12. 12. Yeah. 12. Okay. Why I love Bridesmaids. So, that is a good yeah. Movie. Uh, Paul, Paul Feig, Paul Feig, Feig, I think he was mm-hmm. the director. He did a bunch of office episodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he's yeah, cool. Yeah. Screenplay was uh, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mamolo. So. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, a fun list. Yeah, you can check it out. It's on uh, the like WGA.org or whatever. Go check it out. Some some good ones on there. Uh, like I said, I, I don't know if I totally agree with that top 10, but it, it definitely... Good, good conversation. Like uh, yeah. again, for me, number seventeen, her should be a, a top five. Yeah, I yeah. love that where, movie. Where, so where's her on the list? 17. Number seventeen. Yeah. Where's yeah. um? Where's Mulholland Drive on that? Because that's one of my favorite. That was pre two thousand. That was in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mulholland Drive. No, was that, in the no 90s, that's two thousand. No, that's two thousand one. You sure? No, let me go through. I don't think I saw it on the list. So. Was it? Uh, Can't yeah. I feel like it was before. I thought it was 90s too. Yeah, I did. Oh, wait. No, you are correct. AJ Mulholland Drive is uh, number 41 on the list. So, okay. yeah, it, it is on there. I love that. I love the screenplay of that film. It's just so mm-hmm. bonkers. Yeah. So bonkers. Like, so freaking cool, though. I love it. <laughs> yeah, if you read through that list, too, there's definitely more that. Top up, you're like, oh, that should definitely be top ten. Before you yeah. by, by the end, yeah, like yeah, twenty yeah. top ten. You know, you're like, oh no, no, no that one top ten. You're right? Like, how do you even? How, how do you even narrow it down? Once like 
you know, you're going through and you're like, that's top 10, that's top 10. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arguably, like any Paul yeah. Thomas Anderson could be, or every Paul Thomas Anderson. Could be, where's, be Fan- I mean, where's yeah. Phantom Thread on that list? Right? Because that is a killer screenplay. Yeah, it, it, it's on the list, like, it's somewhere on there. I think through, I but yeah, too. I did see Phantom yeah. Thread on there, so. That's a killer screenplay. Yeah, I feel like her should definitely be top 10. I, yeah, um, totally. Hers, hers, an excellent, excellent screenplay. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I ended up reading that one cover to cover that screenplay when we were doing that screenplay episode. Wasn't that uh-huh. one of the screenplays we talked about? Yes, it was, was. her. Yeah. yeah, I read that thing cover to cover. It was like it's very affecting that screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, very, very well done. Very intricate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love it. I love that screenplay. Big fan. Yeah. So. All right, boys. Uh, oh, I love that list. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a fun one. Like I said, yeah, ch- check it out on uh, wga.org. And um, it, I, I think it's time to uh, to check in with our, our close personal friend, Andrew Harvey. <laughs> and so, Andrew, it. it Super exciting to have you back. Uh, why don't you tell us what you've been up to? Have you, you you've been working on uh, any new projects? You got any updates on Corner Office starring John Hamm and Danny Pudi? Yeah, everyone wants to hear about Corner Office starring John Hamm and Danny Pudi. Well, Which, by well, the way, first... I can never just call it Corner Office. I have to call it corner office starring john ham and danny Danny (laughs) (laughs) well it feels good to be back it's been a while um you know i'm probably three or four beers deep so you know i might go on some tangents here a little bit but that's what this is right we'll clap you back um corner you know first let me start by saying uh you know i gave i gave a little sneak peek to someone here and um from someone who's got an unbiased opinion who did not work on it and saw it fresh eyes and in its most recent cut that i think will be closest to the final cut that we can get uh you know mr mr mark bondurant let's uh Ooh, yes I'm, sir. I'm curious to see his uh you know his breakdown of it or what you so, thought of it yeah and i was i did andrew andrew brought it over he had a uh a little sneak peek video of it on his laptop we had to hook up the tv you know do the like the little cable and all that shit it, it had like the label on it. Like if you publish this or copyright it, we will come after your firstborn child. Right. So, <laughs> but he was kind enough to bring it over and show it. And I genuinely enjoyed it. And I'm not just saying that because the man's here. Um, I, I really liked it. AJ, I know you will like it. Um, and I was even saying this to Andrew the other night mm-hmm. when we watched it, I was literally verbatim saying this, like, AJ would really like this movie. This movie, like DP will probably like it, but it's more of like, it's AJ and my, my own audience, you know, mm-hmm. um, don't take offense to that DP, but you know, that's what this, it's a, I think we all knew it was going to be a bizarre movie. Right. And I was, mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I loved it for what it was and that, it makes you think it makes you you're, you're always guessing of like what's actually going on. Um, I was getting uh, some Spike Jones being John Malkovich vibes. Um, wow. My wife watched it 
with me and uh my wife and andrew were, were uh mentioning more of like charlie kaufman vibes but i could mm-hmm. see that too so it is a Black, i love that yeah it it is a just a thinker and a bizarre fun movie that it's you know not a, it's not an explosive over the top expensive blockbuster it's it's just a a fun somewhat quiet movie in a head scratcher a little bit too so without mm-hmm. giving anything away i highly recommend it and again i'm not just saying that because he's here but i really did enjoy mm-hmm. it yeah yeah which is good it's um i will say it's not for the everyday mainstream moviegoer you're gonna have people who find it boring you're gonna have people who necessarily don't like it but i think anyone who just likes cinema in general or something kind of unique and different it's it's a sun you know it's an indie movie it's a sundancey it, it will exist on a streamer you know at some point we don't know how that's going to look or when just yet but um yeah it turned out you know i'm i really i really like it i'm obviously i'm biased but i'm uh it it turned out almost exactly kind of how we thought it would um john ham's great danny pooty's awesome there's a, I was telling Marky, you know, any project I'm a part of, I have an MVP. So like someone else who's not top billing, top billing means like top cast in the movie that uh, kind of outperforms and almost like upstages everybody. And that's this guy named Christopher Heyerdahl who plays uh, the boss. Yes. He's, his name is also Andrew and he's yes. the boss and uh, of this office that John Hamm works in. And mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's fantastic. He's, he was he's outstanding. Great. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, it, Sorry to interrupt Andrew, but um, the the one thing that I remembered him from it, I was, I had to ended up googling it to find out who he was. But he was the his character was called the Swede on the show, uh, Hell was it called Hell on Hell on Wheels? Mm-hmm. It was like the the old like old Westy show on uh, AMC or something like that that oh, ran right. for a handful yeah, of seasons. Yeah. Oh right, right. He was on that. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't recognize him because he's much slimmer. But God damn, that guy was a powerhouse in this movie. Yeah. And then, yeah, Andrew said that he gave him his MVP award for shining <laughs> through. And he really did. That guy was awesome. Which no one, by the way, of the cast cares about my MVP award. But you know, I like to award it. To <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. I, so I that, talk about all the time in like actors circles. Like, inner circles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Andrew, <laughs> the Andrew Harvey MVP. Yeah. I'm, trying to give I'm him on a, John a bunch Hamm, of text but... chains with actors and we... we <laughs> Uh, the Andrew Harvey seal of approval is like right up there with an Oscar. <laughs> That's right. We're going to call it, Yeah. We're going to call it the MVP award for the, uh, the yearly movie council podcast awards, which should be, yes. you guys should have a, uh, like an a good Academy idea. award every year. Mm, for whatever. For an about episode yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to give out our movie council awards at the end of this season. So yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Um, but no, it's been it's been well. Like we're basically pictures pretty much locked, and it's in the technical aspect of color grading. You know, getting the sound and the music done, and all of that. Um, you got, like dealing with Very music exciting. rights and publishing is really annoying and tedious and difficult. So, working on that, and then we submitted to Sundance, hoping it would get in. Sundance just announced their um lineup and unfortunately it's not in there so right Sun- it, sundance is early in the year right like that's yeah like a beginning yeah, like of the year january thing. early right. february of uh well this year 20 <clears throat> so it didn't um, make the cut though 
No, but they do they do premiere movies out of competition, you know? So like okay. sometimes they will screen movies that are just like you know, not highlighted or not in competition necessarily, but mm-hmm. I don't know if this will go there because we I think they you know, we feel it would be a better movie to screen in like, you know, an actual competition at a festival, but if that doesn't work, you know, we're hoping that you can sell it directly to just a streamer. I mean, which happens mm-hmm. all the time. Um, mm. there's obviously a lot of politics involved in some of these bigger festivals and who knows who and um go, go to amazon take it to yeah, amazon could could happen i mean it'll probably eventually i mean the idea is what everyone loves is like oh you sell to netflix sell to netflix um that that is kind of died down over the years in terms of like netflix is a little more you know picky with what they acquire and are they now are they now they are now because mm. before I thought the strategy was like we'll just buy buy it all up. Yeah, it used just... to be. Well, I think what they do now is like they like smaller distributors will buy movies and then they'll just license it from distribute or distri- you know the distributors will send so they run Netflix it for a period of time it. instead of owning it, right? I yeah, think that's what exactly. You said. And it's cheaper okay. and it's easier and blah, okay. so they now they will still straight out acquire you know big good films or big films or do Netflix. How are the dog? For instance, the one that uh, it's, it's a new Netflix movie with uh, Cumberbatch. Yeah, I don't know if you know, but would that be something that they would have bought outright and then they own? So they either, in my opinion, like not knowing at all, but just guessing, it was either they they outright produced it because they do a lot of their own producing too. Right. So like they either fully produced it or they did what's called a negative pickup, where like another company produced it but before they even started shooting the movie they had already sold it to netflix for x amount of Hmm. dollars okay and that production company will go out and make it for whatever predetermined amount of money it is and but it's exclusively netflix you know so it's it's almost like they outsource the movie to a production company to do it but it's still a netflix original um and that's a pretty like we did that back in the day with ballad of buster scruggs was a negative pickup so we had already yeah, we had already pre-sold the movie to Netflix um, for you know a certain amount of money that, and then we produced it and took producing fees and some stuff off the back end, and you know so you know the deals are a little more complex than than that, but right. um, that was basically the gist of it. So I would guess the Power of the Dog was one of those two. Either okay. they self they produced it themselves in house, you know, developed it, produced it, or they. Negative had another pickup. company own the script, liked it, sold it to Netflix as a negative pickup, and then went from there, mm-hmm. um, gotcha. which is very common too. So that's that's what I assume they did. Whereas this would be, you know, we would try to sell it and or license it to them or find a smaller distribution company who will come on board and put it out in theaters and then sell it to these companies. You know, it just depends. But what? we're in the process of like a sales agent coming on and helping with that too. I was going to say, like, what's your... Um as a producer and someone that's wanting to see success for the movie that is just about finished now, what is like your, uh, I guess, best, best uh, case scenario? Like what I mean, you, you didn't make it into Sundance, so you can scratch that. Mm-hmm. Is like your, your next best option to try and get it in like a, another festival and see if it does well and hope someone buys it from there or just start shopping it around to other streaming services or yeah i mean any of the above you could i would say if you're if you're not having a good success rate at getting into a festival a major festival now 
it's going to be more difficult to get it into Berlin, you know, into Cannes, into some of these other bigger, not that they, not that it could but that's sort of the kind of the strategy behind it. Do you then just go ahead and bring on an agent who, who thinks that, Hey, that might ruin its chances. It's better to try to sell it now to a streamer or do you, you know, roll the dice and say, no, I don't want to do that. I want to try to put it into bigger, bigger festivals or even smaller festivals and see how it does. And if it builds hype and momentum off that, then you could sell it for more. Um, in this case, from what it feels like, I think just selling it to a streamer outright, if it's, right. if they will buy it, you know, is like the ideal situation for it. So were you saying too, that if, if you try and get it into too many festivals and you're getting shot down too many times, you'll start to damage yourself. It doesn't, it won't damage because no one has seen it, you know, and it, okay. it's no, you know, no harm, no foul at that point. But um, right. yeah, I would say, if, if you're not really having success getting in, it's probably better trying to go the route of flipping it straight to a straight. Gotcha. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Not, not knowing how this all works based on just the sheer amount of streaming services. Is it more of a seller's market when you're bringing a movie to trying to sell it to a streaming uh, service? Yeah, In a way, actually, you know, it's funny. There's, you can make a movie for $20,000 and someone yeah. will pick it up. Like someone will okay, buy it. Okay. So there's like premium VOD where there's really small distributors that will buy your movie, buy, quote unquote, and then flip it to like Tubi, YouTube Premium. Like all, you know, you could rent movies. Yeah. Yeah. VOD platforms. And that's what a lot of the really, really low budget movies do. And they just pump it through all those and they hope a lot of people out there are renting it. Um, so yeah, I mean, you, you could really, I mean, you can make almost anything. Someone will buy it you know, for sure, if you push it hard enough. And, uh, but, but it's going to go on the like premium VOD, like pay for rental, you know, people right, are going to have to pay five ninety nine to watch it on. Right. But know, the ones that are actually become part of the service, like become like get bought by Netflix as a Netflix original or like yeah. Hulu buying Palm Springs or whatever, like, is it, like, I guess I don't know how, well, exactly what I'm asking, but I, I, I'm wondering if, like, is it is it easier to get those bought now than it used to be based on, like, the market? Oh, um, it's got to be, right? Like, I mean, before it was like, well, if Netflix doesn't buy it, you're screwed. But now if Netflix doesn't buy it, maybe Hulu does. Maybe Amazon does. Maybe yeah. Ruby does. A Maybe little does, you know? or Paramount, think, or Paramount Plus, or like yeah, there's so many options or, now. I just feel bit. like there's so much like it more, more available now. Yeah, there's so I mean, many more options. I think what they do is what I was saying earlier is like a smaller distributor, or a smaller company will come and buy it, and then mm, they and will then sell it to they them. will license yeah. it to these companies instead. Like, okay, okay, I days, see what you're saying. Yeah, the days of like these big streamers coming in and buying out movies and outright just owning it and owning it and then putting it on their platforms as originals still exist but i think they're 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 getting more quality driven instead of quantity driven so right? they're kind of moving away from that a little bit so they so they essentially yeah. rent it for a period of time yeah exactly and okay. i wouldn't necessarily okay. say they're moving away from it it's just you know like netflix was getting a lot of flack for a while because anything and everything was just being put on their platform and the quality wasn't very good and so people yeah, started no, moving yeah. away and they were jumping onto other platforms. And so now 
And I think that was realize. pretty widely known. Like that was yeah, pretty oh, yeah. widely known that they yeah. were doing that. Yeah. Well, they yeah. had fucking bottomless pockets. They were buying everything. Yeah. Right. That and was like sort of like the 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 business model, right? That that they yeah. were doing that. Pretty you know? in the early days, yeah. Okay. They, were right. just, they were trying to get subscribers. Right. You know, just throwing mean, money, throw money on money after money, you know. Right? Yeah. And it was like get as many subscribers as possible. And so we got right, right. content and blah blah blah. But Netflix has actually turned it around to become more of like a quality driven or they're trying to become more of a quality driven powerhouse. I think they're losing subscri- subscriptions a little bit because all the newer disruptors are coming into the space. Right. And Netflix oh yeah. The, the cool well, kids uh, on the block, you know, like they used to be. Um, they, got, they got yeah. great stuff out there though. Like, they do. They, oh, yeah. I mean, just even yeah. recently with squid game and uh, even yeah. the original movies, they, they, yeah, uh, like Red you know, but they're getting, <laughs> but they're no, but they're getting like heavy hitters. They still, oh, for they're sure. still, they're you still know? a top dog. Yeah, oh, they, they, yeah, oh their, yeah, they smartly switched because I think they realized that people are always going to go for quality, you know, over anything, and so they, they kind of shifted their focus in the past few years to be more like awards driven. I mean, like Netflix now, you know, they have fifty nominations or whatever it is. Yeah, oh yeah, award. Um, a lot of those are movies they just acquire outright or they do self-produce. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not the days of we'll buy this for a million. We'll buy that for 10. We'll buy this. For... It's, it's a yeah. little more on smaller projects that are good, but not something that they're going to feature on their front page that they think are going to get a lot of hits because Netflix is still a tech company at the end of the day, you know, like they're, mm. they're still, they're still data driven. You know, they're big on that. Like they, they're big about algorithms they're big about the data. Like, they're not as much, but they but they do also realize they're trying to find that balance with quality as well. So they want to try to merge the two together as much as possible. And since they're still a powerhouse, they can afford to buy 40 nominations, you know, and they can afford to do yeah. these things because they will sign top-end talent to like huge overhead deals, overall deals where they're exclusive like to them. Red notice. Uh, and I feel I feel like they they seriously do things a lot different than some of the other streamers are doing it like Amazon has like, you know, like rentals that you pay for and Hulu has the live TV option. And, you know, Peacock has like, it's, it's ads. Like there's an ad version of the, like Netflix is still, still playing the game a bit differently. Yeah, a lot of these they're these strictly streamers. subscription subscription based and not right, ad, ad right. revenue. There's no other, but you know, people I think also forget like Netflix is like, you know, you're paying twenty bucks a month. Peacock, yeah, like five ninety nine and right. nine ninety nine. You know, it's so it's it, totally it it's a, slowly. It is a different model though. It's like a, a, the, yeah. their approach is different. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, but, so it's interesting. Yeah, interesting. and and that would be you know ideally what you do is especially on indie projects is you're just trying to make everyone whole. So you want to make your investors money back. You mm-hmm. want to make sure. Cause a lot of people will take instead of lower front end, you know, higher front end fees back, end, which is basically, you know, essentially they're risking a little bit of the, uh, a little bit of their profit participation. Um, on the front end and they're taking it on the back end. So okay. everyone has interest involved. And so when they have interest involved, it's like, well, we need to sell this for 5 million for it to make sense for all of us. But you don't know if it's mm-hmm. going to sell for that much. Um, and Netflix is one of the few kind of companies that can come in and just buy it for, I mean, obviously the big studios do, but they operate a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and now with other streamers involved, they can, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see that that in my opinion is the ideal situation for corner office. Cause you know, I think it would be cool. I think if you see it on the front page in Netflix for a few weeks, like, Hey, here's this weird movie with John Hamm. I think it would pique a lot of interest. You know, it I, does. I guarantee it, it, it. It, that, it, I totally agree with Mark. Like that, you see something like that on Netflix. I, I think it just, it garners a lot of interest. You get a lot of eyes on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get so many eyes on it with Netflix. It's yeah, crazy. I was, I was yeah, uh, it, Oh, sorry, DP, go ahead. I was going to say, if you're flipping through and you see, oh, it's Corner Office starring John Hamm and Danny Pudi, <laughs> you're going to fucking hit play. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and I think the Netflix is smart with how they how they um, how they work their app, like how they curate things. Like, I just think it's it's a good it's a good avenue, like for yeah. things like corner office to be seen. Definitely. And you know? after after watching the movie, um, you know, when you're scrolling through. Sorry, sorry. Corner office starring John Hammond. Danny Sorry. <laughs> a boy, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> when you're scrolling through these different streaming services, um, they always, now it's a thing. Netflix, I think, started it, but uh, other ones have followed suit that when you hover over something, a thumbnail of a movie or show, it gives mm. you like a, a little uh, kind of impromptu trailer or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know what yep. I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, after getting done watching Corner Office starring John Hammond, Dan O'Pudi, I, <laughs> like, in my head, I was like, it, th- you could pick anything out of that movie and just chop it up and put it in there as this little montage trailer that plays when you hover over the thumbnail and it would be enticing absolutely okay absolutely um there's so much to pick from in that movie that's just like interesting and fun to watch you don't see john john ham in this light you don't see daniel pudi in this light the guy andrew and the character andrew who is andrew harvey's mvp christopher um, I forget Iridol? his last name. Iridol. Yeah. He, he again, outstanding. Anything with him, any of his dialogue, you just sprinkle that in. I at least would be somebody that's like, all right, we're watching this tonight. Like, this is awesome. It just, you know, it's, it stands out. It's different. It's a fun movie, but it's just kind of dark and a, a thinker. It's a little bit of an existential thing going on. It's, mm-hmm. It's definitely it's got a it's lot. Definitely, and, and, there's like and, a dark side to it for sure. And yeah. at this point, it's a it's a finished product, right? We're like Just at about. that point. You were saying that yeah. they've got it. Well, Andrew could tell you, but let me tell you in uh, layman's terms here. <laughs> thank you, thank you, appreciate that. <laughs> they got music on it right now that they don't thank you. totally haven't totally paid for yet. So like, and then he was oh, also okay. saying, like, okay, so yeah. like they've got some placeholder songs, um, and yeah. uh, he was talking about. Uh, color correction and stuff like that too but for me not knowing going in i was watching it as like i would select it on whatever streaming service watching it for the first time in my mind it looks 100 complete through and through yeah i understand that mm-hmm. like a song might get switched out here or there mm-hmm. um but i didn't notice anything with color dialogue audio nothing like that yeah. like it to me was 100 finished product it was fantastic yeah. Awesome. Yeah, there's that. And it's it's a it. lot of like smaller, like mix, yeah, sound mix, and um, yeah, obviously songs and a couple little color things, visual effects things. There's not a lot. I mean, I was telling Mark, it's basically a completed product, but um, 
still small amounts of tweaking to, to be done. And the picture's locked, so I think that version's pretty much what it was. But I've saw, you know, I've seen, I don't know, eight to nine different cuts of it. And right. this one is definitely the best cut. So I was I was happy with it. And so that's I waited to watch it. So when, so I, when you it. say picture lock, what does that mean? It just means like the actual movie itself, like the timeline of the movie and what you see is okay. done. We're not but adding not, scenes. We're not subtracting scenes. Gotcha, gotcha. Exactly. It's all, it's like that yeah. part of it's like edited. The narrative. Exactly, yeah, the narrative. Which, yeah. Okay. That that was interesting because, you know, Andrew and Sam and I talked about the movie after we got done watching it. And uh, we were, Sam and I were talking about like, you know, what we thought, what parts of it that, you know, interest us, interested us and that kind of thing. And Andrew was telling us like, oh yeah, like, you know, there was a, a longer scene in that part, but we cut it out because it didn't feel like it made sense. Like, oh, there was a backup scene to that part, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't necessary. So we cut that out. So right. like, it was interesting to like, hear like, oh yeah, like that, that was much better with that. I would have, I like this version. I don't like what you're telling me of the, I'm glad you yeah. got it because that sounds like <laughs> it would have been too much, you know? So it, it is interesting to hear what's, there's they film so much and there's there's a bunch of stuff on the cutting room floor literally that oh yeah it's mm. just uh you know you got to cut that fat out yeah yeah the whole full scenes were taken out for sure which helped it you know and then a couple little things i noted that were noticed that were added a little bit different but um and then you know once once the picture's locked then it's just the post technical aspect you know all yeah. the visual facts stuff like that uh, obviously the the actors are going to be sad that certain things didn't end up in the movie that they you know yeah you know, you know what i mean things that they <laughs> always they, happens yeah 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 andrew was telling me that there's a guy that got completely cut from the movie um like a was yeah. an opening scene there's a dude that's like he was only in the opening scene and that scene's not there anymore yeah oh yeah, my god one guy yeah. he's just like yeah, had a quick little speaking role. He's a sad guy, you know, sad actor, meaning, you know, he's in the union. And so he was there. He got paid and everything. But his one moment and uh, yeah, got cut, <laughs> which is funny. We were talking about this the other night here, I'm, you know, back with my parents for the holidays. And we were talking about how uh, we did that movie Foxcatcher uh, with right. Steve Carell. And, right, and, right. and um, you know, after that movie wrapped, we we used a tank, like a World War II tank. It was about John DuPont and he like in the movie, Steve Carell, long story short, in the movie, Steve Carell drives a tank literally into a pond. And like, mm-hmm. that was part of the movie. And it's like showing him going crazy and blah, blah, blah. And we ended up like cutting that whole scene. So we like bought a World War II tank, drove it into Jesus. a lake, did all these things, you know, yeah. and uh, never yeah, even used it. it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> happens all the time. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, that guy, poor guy, he definitely got, it, it didn't work though. I'm glad they cut it. <laughs> right right <laughs> so um but yeah no it's exciting you know we'll uh hopefully we'll see what happens it, it will end yeah. up somewhere obviously i'll keep people posted but that yeah. is probably you know the last version i'll see before the like completed 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 version that would go yeah. out to streamers and theaters and all That's, of that you had yeah. said that um the previous versions that you were watching that uh you would like share your notes on like scenes that you thought uh, need some work or dropped or added that kind of thing and then uh when you watch this one with me that was the first time you had watched that one that version yeah, yeah. and yeah. then when you were done you're like nope that's good that's done <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah so it was tight yeah. like yeah. literally it was tight like the, the whole per- the whole film was yeah you know very much just there it was tight it was good yeah yeah, yeah. and i will say to all the listeners 
like as soon as Andrew knows when it'll be available, you also will know. We we <laughs> we will make an announcement on the podcast where we'll promote the shit out of this. Uh, Absolutely. As soon as we know, as soon as you know, we'll let the listeners know. We're gonna try and get yes. everyone to watch Thank Corner you. Office. Sorry, appreciate John that, and Danny Pudi. <laughs> so, so you were saying the guy that got cut out of that first scene, or whatever. You mm. said he was a member of the SAG. Yeah, well, you know, he, he wasn't. He wasn't. It wasn't the Film Actors Guild. It was the Screen. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. It was SAG. Easy. <laughs> it wasn't Alec Baldwin, and which, by the yeah. way, <laughs> if you guys saw that interview with Alec Baldwin on uh, mm. 2020 about him shooting with George Stephanopoulos, did he forget how to act? I just right? I couldn't stop thinking about that that line and that the South Park. I just our ball went. <laughs> you can't have you can't have act me kid. Don't even try. Oh, sad story, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. stop looking at it. Um, yeah, crazy. The film Actors Guild. Yeah, that was yeah. So that was I mean that was. I just love that it's called a guild. It's called a guild. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. It's called a guild. Yeah, it's like the Freemasons. Right. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Match me in my fucking Dungeons and Dragons days. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, other people that play Dungeons and Dragons, not me. Those kids that used to be yeah. up down the street. Yeah, yeah, other people. Them nerds. People I heard about <laughs> that did that. Not me. Uh, Those other kids. I fucking love D and D. All right. Um, so, so Andrew, uh, it, it, what else have you been uh, up to? Have you worked on any other films you can tell us about? Uh, I don't know. Maybe anything to do with Steven Spielberg? Maybe. Uh, hmm? <laughs> oh, I, I knew. I knew where this was leading. Easy. Easy. Yeah, easy. Yeah, I've oh, had man. my. I had my Spielberg experience. Was that why you touched? Was it? Was it West? Was it West Side Story? It was not West Side Story. Not quite that, but um, no, yeah, that one. This one was really random, and this was not a producing role. This is not like a behind the scenes from beginning to end kind of thing. Long story short, someone I knew who I used to work with back in the day, she was the main unit, which means basically you know, the main movie, not like Splinter, unit, you know, whole other side ramp, but she was the main unit production supervisor on Spielberg's new movie called Fableman, which she's now in post-production on, but was shooting at the time. This wasn't that long. This was September, um, okay. early September. And so they had to go and do a second unit shoot, which is basically, um, you know, let's say you're shooting a unit and you got to go get like a car chase scene or you got to get, you know, like a minor scene somewhere else that doesn't require a lot of the main talent. They send mm-hmm. those people, you know, they send like a small crew to another location with another director to shoot like a smaller unit. So mm-hmm. she called me and was like, look, I can't go because it's two and a half hours away from L.A. in Santa Barbara County area called Solvang, um, which is really cool just wine it's wine country basically in LA nice. it's really, really awesome she was like oh I can't go I am so swamped I'm underwater I'm going to be doing main unit here in LA can you go in my place and basically be me standing as a production supervisor and I'm like 
Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> Let like, me check my schedule real quick. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, luckily, I was pretty free at the time. <laughs> Weirdly, it's wide open all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> so I did that, and I'm thinking it's an it's like a proper second unit, which again, it's like not the director. It's like a is that kind of like, like a second satellite director? Like kind a, of, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a good way to describe it as like a second unit is like a satellite office pretty much yeah and you're sending mm-hmm. a smaller crew you're sending a different director most of the time at least you're sending um a handful of people to go pick up shots you know could to do a couple scenes that don't require like the whole crew to be there right. most of the talent so on well it turns out it's not really second unit it's actually the main unit they're just oh, traveling shit. everybody up to this location for a long for Damn. a one-day shoot that took about a week of prep but the main unit production supervisor wanted to stay in LA and catch up on work so she just kind of was like go stay in my place like go be me for a day but one scene on a big movie like that requires you know like a week of prep five days of prep or so um Mm -hmm. so it was really cool yeah I was you know of course I was like yes yeah I'll do this um I didn't get to read the scripts you know they kept things very secure on obviously a big Spielberg movie you have hundreds of people working on it it's almost like trying to be in the CIA. Certain people have certain security clearances. Top clearance. <laughs> you know, it's like the inner circle knows everything. And then you kind of move out from there. Um, so, yeah, it was like a, it was a work for hire production position. And, um, and I knew her, like I say, from like 10 years ago. I met my buddy who was the production accountant on the movie who I'm friends with called me. It's like, oh, she needs help. Do you want to go do it? And then I connected with her and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, yeah, it's the movie Fableman. I just read a release that it will be coming out, I think, November of 2022. Uh, Universal will be putting it out. Um, Mm -hmm. It's wild because it's Steven Spielberg's passion project. It's like a semi-autobiography or semi-biography about his life. You know, Um, Paul Dano plays his dad. Michelle Williams plays his mom. Um, mm-hmm. Seth playing Spielberg? um Spielberg is this new guy named Gabriel. Um it's bad, I should know his name. I'm completely blanking on it, but it's Ga- like an unknown. Gabriel guy. Bateman. Not Bateman. <laughs> Wait, uh, is it? Uh, that's what it says on IMDB at least. <laughs> it's uh <laughs> yeah, it's a, a Gabriel Bateman. Oh yeah, as, he, as Spielberg. Yeah, it's I. I don't think oh. he's done anything. He's a new guy. And there's a Gabriel Labelle is also That's in him. it. Yeah, is Gabriel Labelle. Okay. Ah. They, they don't have names for the characters. They just got the actors list. So, yeah, okay. and he's playing Terry. Spielberg. Dano, Paul Dano is playing his dad. Michelle Williams is playing his mom. Seth Rogen is a prominent role. S- Seth yeah. Rogen is Seth Rogen <laughs> in a Spielberg <laughs> yeah. biopic. <laughs> But it was, uh, Ooh, yeah, Judd I mean, Hirsch you know. is in it as well. I love Judd Hirsch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only people at the unit were Dano, Michelle Williams, Gabe. I think that was it. That's that's a pretty serious cast, though. I mean, you mentioned nice. that it wasn't, it wasn't so satellite as you thought it would be. No, they traveled the whole crew, so we had to get like 250 people from LA up to this location, which is like yeah. a small wine country village. Um, really cool area in general, it's like a tourist town, but um yeah and then prepped for a few days did one day of shoot did a couple days of wind down the whole job was a total of like two weeks but two weeks to do like one shooting day 
But through that Crazy. process, the fanboy in me was cool because it's like, oh, shit, Spielberg. Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. And watching him work and he was rolling film the whole you, time. They were you saw him? He was there? Stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I talked to him. Yeah, yeah. I met him. No shit. Him. Holy shit. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. Goddamn. Um, so we, you know, it's like people shoot digital these days. He's one of the very few directors who can um, basically obviously do whatever he wants, but he's shooting film. And so it's just rolling nonstop. And he's pushing like 50 foot techno cranes up the hill. Damn. You know, and it's, it's just old school Jeez. film, big studio filmmaking, which doesn't cool. exist as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cool. That's insane, man. Yeah. I know you can't uh, divulge too much. And because, uh, I mean, it, it is top secret clearance CIA level shit that was going on there, but that's awesome. Like, yeah, I, I didn't know that you actually got to, uh, I didn't know you saw him, let alone speak to him. That's fucking crazy. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I met him. And then, I mean, you know, sets are pretty tight knit, you know, and he's got his like inner circle and he's got a lot of the crew members have all worked with him before already. So he's like, uh-huh. used to seeing a lot of the same people. And I met his producing partner, met the line producer who I had to work with closely anyway, and a handful uh-huh. of other people that were all kind of Spielberg's like Tony Kushner wrote it. And Tony Kushner is a huge writer. Um, God damn. So yeah, yeah, it was. So, Cause I gotta say like when I heard you worked on a Spielberg movie and then you're like, Oh, it's second unit. Uh, my first thought was like, Holy fuck. You got to work on a Spielberg movie. That's amazing. But then to find out you actually got to meet and talk to Spielberg, <laughs> holy <laughs> fucking shit, dude! Very, like, very. Just brief. working on the movie alone is amazing, but you got to fucking actually meet and talk to the dude. Yeah, but that even, is fucking awesome. It's holy it's one shit. It's one thing to like see the dude like in passing, like oh I saw Spielberg right? in, in L.A. Like no, I actually yeah. saw Spielberg on set because I was working on his movie with him. That's Dude, insane, that is so man. fucking awesome. Yeah. So yeah. fucking awesome. It was wow. it, it was very, very brief and very like you know, professional. The guy right. does his thing, but he, you know, he flies in on his private plane, lands for the day, walks up, Jeez. everything's set up, he starts doing his thing. And mm-hmm. watching him work was like the coolest thing because you're just like oh, I'm, like behind the scenes watching Spiel Master. Work. Yeah. Holy like, shit, that's amazing. I mean, he's the most successful commercial director of all time. Like he's yeah, um, you know, not well, not commercial, commercial, but you know what I mean, commercial. Yes, yeah, movie wise. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, yeah. It, w- it was cool and meeting. You know, I, a part of his team and all of that. It was just, it was sort of surreal and the fact that it was his passion project. So it was a quote unquote indie film for him, which huh. is like eighty million dollars. <laughs> yeah, indie. You know? is, yeah. yeah, and it's being on base camp, which is where they put all the trucks and cater. You know, it's just the whole thing was like it felt like an old school studio movie so it felt like oh this is what it was like when he was shooting you know jaws or like jurassic park or whatever it's like oh this is et like this is really really rad and not a lot of people are doing or can do what he's doing still so to like see that behind the scenes was pretty it was pretty awesome i bet Um, but yeah the job itself was you know wasn't that you know no, no different than any other like job it's just amplified a lot because who's behind it yeah exactly um 
and yeah, that was, that was kind of unexpected and happened in a few weeks total of my time. But I, I was just, I don't How know. How much wine did you drink up there? Oh, uh, well, I, I ended up hanging out the weekend after the quote unquote rap, you know, I'm like, oh, I gotta, I gotta stay up here and, you know, I have to wrap <laughs> out for a little bit. And I so help. I ended up staying for an extra like couple days. You gotta help we, finish this bottle of wine. Yeah. It was like a yeah. Friday shoot day. And then it's like wine country. So I was like, perfect. Going to wrap out late Friday <laughs> night and then stay out and hang out up here Saturday and Sunday. And we spent, wow. I, I spent a night in Santa Barbara uh, way, way back years ago, but God damn. Is that a fucking beautiful area? Oh my oh, goodness. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. And this is like up in the like you you I can't remember if it's just past or before. I think it's past Santa Barbara, but then you peel off the like Pacific Coast Highway mm-hmm. and you just go up into the hills and drive like an hour up and beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful it's amazing. area. Yeah. Um impressive. Awesome, dude. Yeah. 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 You gotta tack yeah. that shit top bold underlined font on your resume from here on forward. <laughs> right? yeah. Like Spielberg. And, which, and they had like four different stages. They had stages in LA, stages in North Hollywood. Well, it, it North Hollywood is LA, but like LA proper, then Santa Clarita and then North Hollywood. Then stage, you know, they have like his machine, Amblin, which is this company, you know, mm. you'll see it on all of his movies, Amblin Entertainment yeah. is a, um, it's just a machine, you know, it's, and he he's got the deal with Universal, so he can just do whatever he wants, and he makes the studio a billion dollars. And it's just it's just crazy to see the behind the scenes and how they operate and how they move. Um, it doesn't come without its obvious stresses and you know pressure and a lot of stuff like that happening, but it's pretty pretty incredible to see for sure. So. That's awesome, man. I, I can't believe uh, you got to do that. I, I, I know you're humble about it, and I know it kind of, you know, uh, fell into your lap, but still, that's amazing. Yeah, that you got no, to be a part you, of that. You should be fucking proud. All right. So, yeah, that was great. So, uh, yeah, be, before we move on, Andrew, I mean, you, you know, you got Corner Office coming out, and you, you worked on a Spielberg movie. You couldn't possibly have worked on. Uh, another movie recently <laughs> could you have <laughs> i may right. have worked on the, hard, uh, it's the hardest working man in job is you know it's like i have so much downtime i'm like wait did i really work on all these this year i guess so <laughs> no before we get into my favorite part which is my bunker movies yes the whole reason why i'm here um yes i did have one more project uh, beforehand which was a small when i mean small i mean like micro budget which for movie standards means below like which means like a few hundred thousand dollars to make a movie which is not a lot of money mm-hmm. in the movie making industry but right. we did do a small project that we shot in la in fact i wrote into you guys when i was driving across the country and i was like in utah i was on my way back out to LA to work on this oh, project. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this was summertime, midsummer, mid June. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it did a small project um, with, I don't know if you guys watch the show Blackish, um, Marcus mm-hmm. Scribner. Um, he, he's got a prominent role in that. He's, you know, series regular. 
he came in as the lead on this low budget project along with a guy named Lonnie Chavis. Lonnie is like a 14 year old up and coming actor who's on This Is Us, um, which is like a huge show. Oh, yes. I've and been then... watching This Is Us. Oh, it's really? Fucking yeah. Good, dude. Like, yeah. I, I didn't want to watch it, but we're like, all right, fuck it. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. God damn, is it good? Like, the, the acting and it's basically just written for actors to just like flex their acting muscles. And mm-hmm. they I've, I've heard, good job I've heard. I have yeah. not seen it. I think I've seen one episode when it premiered after the Super Bowl like years ago, but a friend mm-hmm. of mine's a production designer on it. And so he, he said the same thing. You know, he's like a film guy, but he's just, oh, it's actually a really good show. You guys should watch it. I work on it and I still like to watch it. <laughs> it's good. I was surprised how good it was. Who is one of the actors was on this. Mm-hmm. And it's about two brothers from the inner city of LA who are trying to kind of get out of the hood and, uh, their mother's murdered by their father. Their father goes on the lamb. He's trying to get into college, um, try not to lose their house. You know, it's a, it's kind of a redemption story, but also a feel good mm-hmm. story. Um, and it was directed by a first time feature director who directs a lot of music videos and commercials. But he put it on, we had small roles, uh, supporting roles by Cedric the Entertainer and Method Man, also oh, cool. known as Clifton Smith. Which, M-A-T-H-O-D, by the way, H O D man, he's a he's a good uh, he's a good actor. He's in a lot. I of like stuff. him. Yeah, mm. he's in uh, that show Power. You know that shoots. Uh, I think maybe it's Terrence Howard. Maybe not. Maybe mm. Terrence Howard's Empire, but it's like an Empire type show. It's called Power. Gosh, Power oh yeah, yeah. Is, uh, Fifty Cent. Oh, maybe it is. Not? Yeah, I think it might be. Yeah. yeah, but but he was also on uh, Luke Cage. Method, Method Man. Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Method Man sprinkled in all kinds of things. Like you'll find him pop up in all sorts of films and mm-hmm. TV shows. Yeah, he's he's a good actor. Hard he state. came in for a couple days, and everybody basically did it for nothing. And it was uh, it was really cool. It, it was low budget in that you know everyone. It's all hands on. People are yeah. you know I'm driving out and buying waters and like you know pulling you cords see and cedric entertainer brings you a sandwich he's he's, <laughs> he's doing craft services <laughs> yeah. anyway, it was it was great it was it was a labor of love the the man the main producer is a manager uh who manages a lot of good directors and writers mm-hmm. and it's his first project uh producing project so he's trying to get into producing his biggest clients barry jenkins you know, who did obviously won the Academy Award for Moonlight and right. um, uh, yeah. did the Underground Railroad recently for Amazon, um, mm. as well as Beale Street Could Talk. He, you know, he's like high end, yeah. top, top director right now. But um, so we knew each other because we did a Barry Jenkins movie at Annapurna. So we kind of like crossed paths at one point. We didn't know each other, but we were kind of like, oh, hey. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. We got tied in and yeah, we're in post-production on that. I saw the first cut of that about a month ago. And the first cut, director's cut of every movie is always, you know, it needs a lot of work. Um, it's mm-hmm. what they call it, kind of the assembly, almost. It's not the assembly cut, but it's it's very early on. So we'll go through a number of versions. Um, so when I get back, I'll probably see another cut of that. And go from there. Quick question. Um, mm-hmm. So you said that you were working on that project around June, late June or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just saw a, uh, like a first cut of it. Um, 
when was it that you were working on uh, corner office? Like what's like the, like the turnaround or the, the same, I imagine it's obviously going to be different, whatever like the scope and size of the project yeah, is. Totally. But um, when, when did you, when were you working on corner office? Well, corner office, we shot basically, I think it was first or second week of February of this year, okay. 2022. So almost a full March. year, almost a yeah. full year. Oh, you're shooting it then. So yeah, like we started shooting then and we wrapped like end of March ish. Okay. And then you go into, you, you, you kind of predetermine whether it's how long the post-production process will be like 12 weeks, 16 weeks, you know, however big the scale of the project is. So yeah. Um, this time, I think we had like a 12 week post schedule. And then once you get to the end, you kind of start wrapping it up and you submit it to festivals. You start, you start figuring out and dealing with the sales part of it. Like mm -hmm. who's going to sell it? Are we going to try to send it to festivals? What are we going to do with it until like get the best possible deal or get the most eyeballs all on it? And you know, who's our ideal distribution targets and so on and so forth. Um, like what's, this the project, name? what's the name of this project? It is called How I Learned to Fly. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a really good kind of pulls on the heartstrings a little bit. You know? Yeah, sounds um, like it. It sounds like some, yeah, some, you're going to be going up and down. Yeah, yeah. And the director, and the like director, he is a music video guy. So when I watched the first cut, you could see a lot of like music video inspiration um, mm. in his work. And yeah, it's, it's good. It's solid. You know, it's like, We'll, we'll see where it goes. These low, low budget movies, you never really know. Um, sometimes it's almost better to make them really low budget because you have such a high upside if it does well. Right. Um, but we got a really great cast who basically did it for free. So everyone's working on like deferments, which is essentially whatever it sells for is when okay. people get paid based, you know, of the like cast producing team directors um so if it sells well like you could be good if it doesn't then you're kind of like well you know next one but at the same at the same time though <clears throat> if it's low budget it sounds like anyone that's on board believes in the project and it yeah. has like that much more love yeah. yeah, they're not it. just there for a paycheck they're yeah there to like make something they, they yeah. want to do this like that exactly. that speaks volumes in itself yeah and everyone was like that i mean everyone the for a lot of times those movies could go sideways really quickly because yeah. it's, you got people that could be making more elsewhere. A lot of people are leaving sure. or, you know, it's, it's like a pressure cooker, but this time it, it went really, really smooth for such a low budget movie with real talent attached. Some to big it. names. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was, I kept telling uh, the producer like, man, this is like gone incredibly well. And um so yeah, I hope to carry on a relationship with this producer because he's been around for a while as a manager, but he's trying to get into producing and our taste align and we're trying to find more things to work on together. But um, it was really cool. It was a fun experience. It, it's, you know, you work on Spielberg movies and you're kind of a cog in the wheel and you're part of like hundreds of people and it's just right. all this chaos happening. Whereas these small movies, there's chaos, but like you get your hands dirty. You, you know, you yeah. have more like, pride and ownership over it you know because you're like god this yeah. is my little baby and like i'm gonna yeah. like do this so um i, I imagine yeah fun. you kind of build more relationships with the people too and instead of uh uh being that cog in a wheel might feel yeah. like a little bit distant as far like you're just a piece where 
on something yeah. smaller, like you, you got to pull your weight because everyone else is and people fucking totally. know your name when you see them every day. Yeah. And, and that's, it makes it a lot of fun because it like film, especially low budget film, it's kind of like going to summer camp. <laughs> you go and you don't really know anybody and then you leave and you're like we're best friends man we're gonna like, stay in touch forever <laughs> right. and then you know a couple months go by and everyone gets jobs and moves on yeah, yeah. <laughs> so but then so, but then you touch base with that person in the future like hey i'm working on this like, yeah come help me out yeah yeah absolutely you, you get that bond so and get right yeah, back into tight. it um so that's another one i'll keep you guys posted on i don't know if that you know we'll see how it turns out or how many eyeballs get on it but we're we're early in the post-production process that it'll, it'll be a little while before we right try to sell that and that, that could be something that ends up on like a premium you got to rent it to watch it kind of thing um mm-hmm. right. but like anything else the hope is you know catches fire somehow and people yeah. want to want to see it mm-hmm. so um it's yeah i really small things have had huge beginnings in the movie world totally looking at you um, witch so yeah, those are those are the three big things: Corner Office, that movie, and Spielberg's. And I did a couple little things in between here and there, but like those were the three only nice. you know worthy things to talk about of what I've. Done. Which is like I say, it's weird. I feel like I have not been busy at all this year. And then when I'm talking about right. it, I'm like, well, well I guess yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've done a few quite a bit. things. Yeah, but um, involvement too as producers like vary across the board. So I wasn't like the lead producer on these. You know, like lead, mm-hmm. like I was involved as a producer, but I wasn't like fully day to day to day, which to be like a year and a half process on a project. Right. Um, so my my involvement was more intermittent kind of throughout uh, other than when we were shooting. You know, I was there every day. But um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been it's been cool. We just knock on wood, man. We need to we need to sell these movies and hope. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got to get the uh, movie council podcast to push them and market them, and you know, sideballs on. Yeah. We'll market it, baby. Say the name <laughs> one more time for that one that you did over the summer. Um, how I learned to fly. How I learned to fly. I'll At least as that. of now, that's the right. Time. Right. I was. I was actually wondering that because you said it was in uh, early post. So, mm-hmm. like, is there still a chance that the title could change? It could. Yeah. Good. Yeah. If like a distributor sometimes will buy it, and distributors will put marketing dollars behind it. And they might uh-huh. be like, we'll buy it. But, you know, I feel like as part of the marketing, we should change the title. And, uh-huh. you know, that could happen. But yeah. we'll see. We'll change the title to Live, Die, Repeat or whatever. What was that? <laughs> Tom Cruise <laughs> one that had one title and then all of a sudden was changed to Live, Die, Repeat by the time Ed- I did Edge of Tomorrow. Demand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. So. Uh, fucking awesome, Andrew. Thank you. Like I said, we're the movie council is going to promote the shit out of these films once they uh, come out. But uh, I think it's time to like to, to have some fun because I tell you what, uh, it, this is something we love to do here on the show because I, I I I feel like it kind of lets people know really kind of what you're all about as a person. Like you you learn about someone's personality when they tell you what their five doomsday bunker movies will be. You you get a good idea of the person. And uh, like I said, Marky, H.A. and I have uh, have talked about ours. Uh, Our favorite listener, Rachel, she came on and talked about her her doomsday bunker movies. And now it is time, Andrew, for you to tell us about your doomsday bunker movies. And I'll tell you in advance, um, 
yes, we'll have Elon hook it up and you can be connected in our imaginary hyperloop to our bunkers. So you, you can watch our bunker movies as well. And we're going to come over and watch yours. So uh, well, why Maybe. don't you go we ahead? Might. Let's, let's wait and see what he says. Oh, yeah, that, you know what? That's a Maybe. fucking damn good point. <laughs> Man, there is so much pressure here. <laughs> so uh, why don't you go ahead and kick it off. T- tell us. You, the first movie you would bring with you to your doomsday bunker. Oh, well, first I have to give disclaimers. Oh, yeah. I spent oh, way do. too yeah. much time thinking about this. Mm-hmm. And also, these are not my favorite movies or the best movies. Mm-hmm. These are just oh, movies I yeah. feel like, uh, you know, I could just watch on repeat or like mm-hmm. if it's on TV, I'll watch it. And also, that's a I don't bunker know what movie, it says about me. I feel like a lot of it's very like masculine aggro movies. So I don't know what that means, too, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll start. Hey. I'll start with one, and I think I listened to the one with Rachel on it. I remember mm-hmm. driving and I listened, so I can't remember all your guys' bunker movies. But if I for you know cross paths here, then you know yeah, that's whatever. fine. But I will. I'll start with a. Uh, I'll start with a softball here, an easy one. Um, you know, I just love this movie. I don't know. It's one of those ones. It's always on. It gets me jacked up. Uh, Gladiator. Nice. Gladiator. Oh, wow, that's a good one. Fuck yeah, Scott. Gladiator super rewatchable too that's one of those ones that yeah but like you pick up more stuff as you watch it and yeah i don't yeah it doesn't matter like you could say it 10 times but that that scene with the you know don't turn your back on me turn around and he turns around (laughs) my name is maximus like holy fuck every time it gives you goosebumps yeah, that husband to a murdered amazing. wife, father to a murdered son. Oh yeah, and it, I will it, it have just, my vengeance in this. I don't know why. I love like those big epics from that time period. You know, like the time period. It's like eighties, nineties. It's of, not like, that. That was not that. What year did that one come out? Two thousand five. No, I thought uh, it was earlier than that. I yeah, think. I think it was. Yeah, I uh, put it this way. It came out. I was working at Blockbuster. When Never heard that movie it. came out, so yeah, that that was like early, early on. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a, that that is one of those old school, massive Charlton Heston, huge, like just set movies where they yeah. they're like we're gonna build a city to make this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we're I gonna build that. a coliseum. Yeah. I love that, you know, and it's so yeah. I, I just I don't know what it is. I rewatched it because it's on Netflix. And I rewatched it the other day, and I'm like, "This movie is just so great, so good." Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all pumped so up, you know? good. He runs out like also hey, Joaquin you... Phoenix. Yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, what a sli- what a great villain! Yeah, yeah he yeah. was actually in our uh, Badness Madness tournament. I think he won a couple rounds, well deserved, because goddamn, was he a good villain? Yeah. Like, he was so slimy and yeah. so hateable. Oh, yeah. Fucking yeah. awesome. Eventually, starts getting the plan that he wants his sister as like a uh, a queen right. and then you're just like oh god damn like <laughs> you i thought you were creep. i thought you were evil but holy <laughs> shit man you lost yeah, me I, that one you're a redneck too <laughs> <laughs> yeah funny. i don't know i don't know what kind of bunker this is either but i just feel like after i watch gladiator and be like i'm getting out of this bunker i'm ready to go. <laughs> right. 
which I think you guys will see is kind of an underlining theme for a lot of this, but right. Um, so that's one. So Uh, I, by the way, I'm unapologetically a Ridley Scott fan. mm. Um, I'm huge fan of Alien, Blade Runner. Dude, he's you know just I mean he's hit or miss for I mean just generally speaking, right? Right. Not everything he does is a home run, but. Gladiator is a home run. Like it's oh, yeah. such a fucking grand slam, baby. Like a rousing film. And oh, like yeah. you said, Andrew, like get you up off your ass. Like you want to go <laughs> get out of that bunker and fucking go, 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 you know, go kill some fucking whatever is out there. Yeah. Get yeah. some food. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sk- you know what I mean? Forage for food and shit. And like the, the character that uh uh the these the smaller Colosseum that um Maximus is part of, and there's the mm-hmm. the guy like the big guy with the beard that's like his uh master, like his, his owner, yeah, owner mm-hmm. that that guy, like, and then that guy has like a few monologues and like his speeches of like, yeah, what the real Colosseum like, is, win the crowd, you yeah. win, or whatever, like, you win the match, yeah. you win the crowd, <laughs> powerful yeah. stuff, yeah, yeah, Ridley, and I totally agree, the setup yeah, like, is Ridley's- so simple. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and and Ridley's one of those masters who's he's one of the few, unfortunately, who's now like, you know, he's not really hitting a lot right now. But he's one of you know he's that Spielberg era of just like big movies and yeah. big like themes, and um, you just don't see those guys anymore. And I think that's another thing that brings me back. It's just I used to love Gladiator when it first came out. Oh my god, I remember seeing in the theater the first time I ever saw it. Yeah. I remember that day. Mm-hmm. And I just remember just how much of a spectacle, like the early uh, moments of that film are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just pulls you into the into the world. Yeah, I th- and, and the visual and, and that's what and Scott that was pretty groundbreaking at the time, just because you know he walks out into the arena, which is practical, but then they visual effects everything else in and the outside, and it just looks right. huge. And oh, it's terrific you know, though. Walks in, he's like looking around. It's so. And I feel so like cool. that's when Russell Crowe really like announced himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. As like a real force, definitely. Um, as like a leading man, you know. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, that's all the more reason to have that in a bunker. That's something you need to see regularly. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, outstanding performances by some people that have climbed and are still at the top. Joaquin still at the top. Uh, Jamon Hansu, like that guy's a bit yeah, underrated, he's, he's, but outstanding. He's cool. Yeah, he's um, cool, man. He's Russell cool. Crowe has kind of like gone in and out of favor in the public eye, but he's really good. He's, <laughs> he's still a hell of an. He's still a hell of an actor. Yeah, he's a hell of an actor. Yeah, he really yeah. is. So, um. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fucking great one. Andrew, number two, number two. Uh, hit, hit us with your next so, one. We're gonna we're gonna stay in a similar theme. Another gladiator two. Gladiator two, which is actually rumored to be coming out. By the way, <laughs> oh, there, there's know, rumors that there'll be a gladiator. Be so every every movie will end up with a sequel eventually. Oh yeah, yeah. and th- this one is from another big, epic old studio director. Someone I may have just worked with recently. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and, uh, this movie, I, I've just seen it a million times because I have a personal connection to it. And it's also a heroic redemption story. It's uh, Saving Private Ryan. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. We've, ta- we've talked about that recently. At, at yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
It is. Um, my grandfather was in D-Day. I've always been a World War II oh. history fan because of my grandfather. My dad's a big World War II history fan. Like we have like paraphernalia from World War II. Across that his the grandfather, has, grandfather like, had. His like brought home mm-hmm. from the war. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah. That's, oh, no, no. Yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We I've have seen it. All kinds of stuff. Right. Like I've just been a big nerd about it and that movie like blew my mind when it first came out, but also because there's a personal connection watching it with my dad and like, mm-hmm. you know, I just, in the way it's shot and the way they, that, that, especially that first scene, like the first 30 minutes of that. Yeah. Some of like the, one of the greatest scenes ever. Yeah. The, that storm on the beach scene is, it, yeah. I, yeah. Some of the best of movie the greatest, making ever like, done. Filmed sequences in movie history. Like that, that is Agreed. amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and Band of Brothers is one of my favorite like TV shows of all time. You know, right. very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, executive produced by Spielberg, but not obviously directed by him. Um, right. But yeah, Spielberg, same, same thing. Spielberg it's, certainly got that love of war films too. Oh yeah, yeah. With Schindler's List and you know, and and say Brett Ryan and yeah. Band of Brothers and just like producing that sort of stuff. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. yeah he's but got a saving big, Private Ryan's uh, like the like the peak of like what he did. So good yeah and that that, you know i just same kind of thing you're just you get to feel good you just get amped up you're like oh dude this is insane um yeah but i think that's more of i've just seen the movie like a million times and uh, yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you know that's pretty much it there's just like a i would i could watch that over and over again and never get bored of it and it's so your your grandfather uh he did fucking land on the beaches of normandy right mm-hmm. like not the, not the first wave but like one of those subsequent waves on the beaches oh yeah yeah totally yeah yeah we have Insane. crazy like his m1 rifle we have nazi uniforms and armbands and helmets and knives and yeah, like, shit that he fucking yeah, really took, showed us marky yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah. try come out but marky yeah. he he has yeah it's so many like so many connections to it and so many times i've seen that i'm like dude that is just that's a layup for me in terms of like a bunker movie it's like yeah gladiator yeah. gets me pumped saving private ryan there's like a personal connection to it so that you, a- you feel like do you feel like in your bunker like saving private ryan could just be played on repeat like it could just constantly be on oh totally fine with that yeah yeah it's such, it's it's so that's that definitely one i so solid bunker to watch too but yeah, oh, yeah that movie's so yeah. solid the the uh yeah. the sound editing the uh the the setting the costume the environment the landscape like everything about it is so spot on and tight like obviously none of us are of the age and uh even andrew that has the closest connection that we know of of someone that was there like it still feels like you're fucking there when you watch that movie like it it is done so well those first 30 minutes are just so insane like yeah i mean yeah. that that will be taught in like film classes or it should be mm. you know yeah, down the, sure. the way they shot that and the way they did that um so that was yeah that would be my number two um good choice, good choice. One, yeah all right number, number three, three we're going in the complete opposite direction for this right. one this is a i mean this is like one of my favorite movies of all time this is in my top five Probably one of my favorite comedies ever. Can repeat every single line. I think everyone knows what this one is. I gotta go, Dumb and Dumber. Easily. Oh, <laughs> nice. <this is> <laughs> nice. 
Easily. Oh, yeah. so rewatchable too. Easily. Holy shit. This is one, yeah. Every time it's on, I watch oh. it. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. There's nothing that has come close to rewatchability and quotability, if that's even a word, other than like oh, yeah. Step Brothers. You know, like Step Brothers mm-hmm, is right. one of those that you could do. But Dumb and Dumber is just a classic. Kicked off the Fairly Brothers. I just, I literally die laughing as much as I did when I first watched this movie. And I have seen it a trillion times and can reset. I mean, Marky and I, have, we were up in the mountains. You know, we can, I was just quoting it nonstop, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. John Denver's full of shit, man. <laughs> the Rockies would be a little rockier than this. Yeah. <laughs> You've really... had an extra pair of gloves this whole time? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is the Rockies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it, I, I like, I want to watch it right now because right? Just talking now that I'm this, we're talking about, about it. it. I might yeah. throw it on after. <laughs> yeah. Spin. <laughs> Little place, uh, California. I don't know, Lord. The French are assholes. Fucking <laughs> a little bit, California, where the water flows like wine. Uh, <laughs> I can't get enough of Dumb and Dumber. Like, if 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 we're talking about movies that I have seen more than any other movie ever, it would probably be Dumb and Dumber. Mm-hmm. Just, I'd I'd have to agree with that because uh, Andrew and I grew up not far from each other, and I spent a lot of time at his house. He's got a, a couple older brothers, and mm-hmm. if one of one of us was putting that movie on, so just about every time I went over to Andrew's house, that movie was already on at some point during yeah. the film. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's also a, like a Sherry family classic. That that's one where like even Double M quotes that one all the time. Like, oh, nice! <laughs> oh no, how's your burger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, eat up. I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> mm, how's your burger? <laughs> yeah, that, that's one. Yeah, that, yeah. So quotable. Wrong so place at the watch. wrong time. Yeah. yeah. Excuse me, flow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I just such a great movie. That that's when you're in a bunker and you need to laugh. And you could just mm-hmm. watch that for two hours and tune out. That for me is top. So, Everybody, yeah, if sure. you're gonna pick five bunker movies, you need minimum, I think, two comedies. So hopefully you have one more, Andrew. But you know, oh. I feel <laughs> like you need a couple comedies. Right. I, like you I said, know, you can come to my bunker and watch airplane. That well, you and, know, airplane, yeah. airplane made my short list. Airplane made my short list. Yeah, we've got we got yeah. the hyperloop set up so you can watch it over at Danny's right, place. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying. because that's actually I had it narrowed down to Dumb and Dumber and Airplane, and I decided to go with Airplane. So I'm so glad you picked Dumb and Dumber because yeah, yeah. Uh, now they're both yeah. available. Yeah, so fucking yeah. perfect. <laughs> I uh, that was you know that was my hardest. It's like, what do I go here? More comedy or more like feel good or more drama? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my next one, we're, we're going to take it back in the other direction. All right. This is by a all time great director and my favorite movie upon all of his movies. And another one that I've seen over and over again. I pick a lot of movies that I know I could see over and over again. Right. Yeah. Because that's kind of part of the um, bunker, too, is the, the rewatchability aspect. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. this is uh, Goodfellas. Good oh, yeah. finally you That's just hit it on the nail with these fuckers yeah. isn't yeah. that isn't that in my bunker is it i didn't i didn't i, I that's what i was saying i can't well, remember surely. 
What These fucking Sherry yet? Boys. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I like that movie, it but is. they it is. love it is. this movie. Okay. Did you? All right. Beautiful. Yeah. I figured it would be in someone's, and I didn't go back to listen to it, but I, I, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, this, this this film, this is this is my favorite film of all time. I would, mm-hmm. I wouldn't. My, it's very, very close for me as well. So I would not argue with that at all. It is. Yeah, I've seen that, Goodfellas. That's what that's know. what makes the Irishman so, so, so annoying to me. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? It's not. It's yeah. that Goodfellas was such a tight film. Yeah, yeah. and even Casino was I, good. I like um, Casino. Yeah, and then the Irishman, so was... well done, and then the Irishman, they he just he it was so in, indulgent. Like I don't know, um, there was something about it that just irritated me. But Goodfellas is so tight. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, not not to be that guy, but AJ Goodfellas is not one of your bunker movies. I, I can tell you right here. now, you had Groundhog Day, Pulp Fiction, School of Rock, Memento, and Boys in the Hood. Oh, that's I have right. List right in front of me, dog. You passed out right after Boys in the Hood. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> well, halfway through <laughs> Boys in the Hood, he passed out. He barely got the word. And then we finished. Was it out. Honorable <laughs> like, mention. And I love Doughboy. I, do, <laughs> I did list honorable mention movies, too. Oh, <laughs> nice. good. Yeah, I don't think it's a lot. All right. All right. right. I, ha- I have the list right here. Apparently, it's not one of them. Mm hmm. Yeah, uh, so I now it is, it, baby. I, I didn't put a check mark next to it. I must have <laughs> like decided against it mm-hmm. at the last minute for whatever reason. But I love Goodfellas. Yeah, it's, it's one of the top. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, when again, I think rewatchability is a big one for me. And all these movies I've rewatched like over and over yeah. and over again. And yeah, Goodfellas sure. though is top three greatest movies of all time period my really opinion. is yeah, yeah it is it, it's hard to argue against it, it like yeah it, there's not much you can say that is wrong with the movie right you yeah. know, like good point right name me a scene in that film where they should have like kicked it Done out something or, different or, yeah like, like oh yeah i mean or, tri- or trimmed it out or or trimmed some, there's perfect. no fat in that movie there's no fat yeah Hey, he yeah, kind of looks fat. like a guy, a guy we know. One face in one way, you get the other face in the other way. Hey, what do you want from me? You, you got like you got like a, a knife, like a butcher knife. I got like I hit a deer. I got it's 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 paw stuck it's in my grill. What do you call it? A paw? It's hoof. It's paw. It's, no, it's paw. You know, I need uh, I need to. Uh, yeah, it's a hoof. It's a hoof. <laughs> I love that that's a callback to the very beginning of the movie because that's the scene where he's like, ever since I was, you know, yeah, I always yeah. wanted to be a gangster and they're like slamming the trunk on the guy. Right. Yeah. And that's really bad. <laughs> that's that's Billy Bats, you know? Yeah. Go get yeah. your fucking shine backs. Like that, that's the, that's the pivotal moment in the film anyway. Like from, mm-hmm. you know, from all, from every standpoint, that's when things like uh, get, get real for. Like, and that's, for that's Tom, about like for the, Tommy uh... and, that's like the halfway point too. Whenever yeah. uh, they're having dinner, right, but they at, go back to, right, but they go back to that scene. Like you know, what I mean, that's why Tommy dies, and the you know, that's why they kill yes. him, and and all hey, that. So, hey, it's, so it's it's so pivotal, mm-hmm. and, and that's why that film is so brilliant. 
Mm-hmm. I, I gotta say, I don't, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I gotta, if I've said it before, I apologize for repeating, but um, just the way, what's his name? Frank Vincent, my guy that plays Billy Bats, the way he delivers that line that like he turns and looks forward to take the shot and, and just looks now over go like get shoulder. your fucking shine box. Yeah. And, and like the, the way he delivers it is so Mother fucking fucker. perfect. Yeah. And, and then Pesci's reaction is so fucking perfect. Just it, it's so well done. Just the way he kind of like doesn't give a shit and just kind of turns his head. Now go get your fucking shine box. Oh my yeah. God. Is it fucking yeah. amazing? Yeah. What a fucking delivery. Scorsese's reaction is so fucking perfect too. Honestly, you Scors- motherfucker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Honestly, oh that, that that film, Scorsese. I mean, he's Scorsese's amazing, but that film was just masterful. Like the yeah. direction oh, of that film is masterful. God, that's his I, I could say I I could say the same for Raging Bull, but like still, like yeah. Um, in my in but, my opinion, it's his best work. It is. Everything. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I put I put Raging Bull like one A or whatever, like right yeah, below yeah. that. But like, yeah. but Goodfellas is one of those ones, like you said, Andrew, that I could just constantly watch. Yeah, just put it on, and then when it hits the credits, like start it again. Like let's yeah. go, let's uh, go. Yeah, oh, yeah it's yeah that that yeah. I, I probably outside of Dumb and Dumber, I probably watch that more than any other movie. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, that those four were pretty four for me. Wow, we got four. Yeah, four. We got so one more. What what is your fifth one? Well, and, and don't worry, we'll, we'll we'll let you give your honorable mentions as well. But uh, well, the fifth number so five. This was kind of a toss up because I feel like you kind of pick your four, and then the fifth one is sort of hey, mm-hmm. this could go like twenty different directions. I was right. looking for another comedy, you know, to AJ's note. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to pick one from some of my favorite director duo. I think everyone could determine who that is. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they make comedies. Um, mm. And this one would uh, be, uh, man, I was so torn because there's two other movies that are neck and neck for me. But mm-hmm. I ended up going Big Lebowski. Go with your gut. Go with your gut. Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Lebowski. Nice. So reverse. What's your other one? Your uh, oh brother or No Country for Old Men. Not okay. a comedy, nice. but like very good. hard very to good. choose between the two of them. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I would have gone with Fargo. But hey, the Cone brothers <laughs> are ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, big but like how can you choose? How can yeah. you choose every yeah. single? So hard. Oh, brother, Arthur was there too. It's just like all every single one. I'm like, well, this one. No, but I, I like I like Lebowski because Lebowski is hilarious, but it's also got that like film noir thing going on for it. Yeah, which yeah. is yeah. Fucking shut the amazing. fuck up, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're out of here. But it's got, it. but it's got that like it's also like it's also tongue in cheek with film noir. Like I just think it's so brilliant. That film. Yeah, so and, brilliant. And, in like because I wanted to lean a little more comedy, that's why I went with it. But if I wanted to mm-hmm. lean a little more like crime, you know, or what, you know, darker, like darker combos, no country for old men. I mean, solid. but then again, you got Fargo, who's in between. Oh my like, god! You know, yeah. It's like how can you choose double solid? Fargo, Fargo's like not comedy, but it's like a dark, twisted. Like it's got some like, yeah, you can laugh at some of it too because it's so oh, yeah. preposterous. You yeah, know exactly, yeah. Right? exactly. Oh yeah. yeah, there's always like an undertone of like 
comedy to a lot of what they do. There is. You like you don't know how to peg it. And you're like, I don't know if I should be <laughs> laughing at this or not. William, yeah, William H Macy, <laughs> hey. and uh, um, uh, fuck, forgive me. Um, the the lead uh, female, the the sheriff. Oh, Francis oh, uh, McDormand. Uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Who's one? Who's married to one of those guys? Oh yeah, oh, is she married really? to one of those Coens. Yeah, I but did just not know that their accent huh. and their dialogue throughout the movie is it's not even like comedy lines it's just the way that they deliver them yeah but he, he care of it right here in Brainerd yeah but right he, here he, I'm telling you Andrew picked <laughs> Big Lebowski let's talk about Big Lebowski okay, oh yeah okay. yeah yeah uh, I mean you know what it's same thing cult classic watch it a million times you I, gotta know, tell I go you. I, I get anywhere near a bowling alley I want a white Russian all the matter. so my buddy Tim uh, old old friend we used to work at uh blockbuster video guys we used to wait whoa, 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 whoa. hold on you used to work at blockbuster video hey <laughs> but my buddy tim used to work at blockbuster video too and uh so we both saw big he lebowski when he became a addicted to white russians <laughs> yeah he became a yeah he was like huge into white russians after that like he was constantly <laughs> ordering them every time we went to a bar he was ordering white russians because of the big lebowski i mean oh, that, yeah. that movie like like it didn't turn him into an alcoholic but that that movie like f- formulated his, helped like drinking <laughs> habits like, like, oh yeah well, you yeah, know what i mean honest, white russians that are pretty good yeah aj the same thing happened with uh caucasian your 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 back for blood video game partner chris he also got into oh really yeah because of that shit (laughs) yeah and still actually he he got one the other day in the mountains he remember remember the scene when he gets like when he gets like shoved into the limo and he's holding the white russian doesn't spill a drop (laughs) beverage here man (laughs) yeah he doesn't spill a drop he's like holding the thing Trying to, yeah, there's a peeing on the carpet, you know. Like, come on, man. Yeah, it really tied the room together. Oh man. Yeah that that but was it, that was. But it's though. so tongue in cheek film noir. Like I just love like what it's trying to, what it's trying to do. Yeah, you know? and I it, appreciate what the what the Coen Brothers are trying to do with that film, and it's and fucking it's a, it's hilarious. Like cultural, you know, phenom basically in terms mm-hmm. of yeah. what it meant and. I mean, there's, there's, I found this out, which is kind of funny. Like a friend who knows that, who's like worked with them on a bunch of their movies. Like there's conventions where there's big Lebowski conventions. Like 10,000 sure. people oh, go yeah. and dress up as big Lebowski. I wouldn't, I wouldn't brothers think it's super weird. They're like, we don't understand why people like look at our movies like that. It's like, we're just, you know, they're like, we're just making movies. Like it's, we, it's like weird to them that right. these projects mm. are such hits that there's big conventions, you know, they like don't mass. They're like, I don't, it's a movie we made years ago and now we've moved on it. Like, why is this like a thing? Uh, I don't, which I thought them. is hilarious. I love yeah. that you put it in your bunker. Why, though, why because... would you make the movie if you didn't think it was great? Well, like, I, don't, I don't think they thought it was good if they made it. So don't, I, don't I act did, like I you didn't... don't know why people love it. Come on. I didn't take it that way, DP. It's just but maybe like they had no idea or still can't see why it's a, a cultural phenomenon. Right. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it is, it's, it's past, surpassed barriers of what a typical movie is to where people still dress up as the dude at Halloween the when the movie yeah, came out true. 20 years yeah. later. And they're also like, you know, they turn out so many movies and I think they're just 
bona fide filmmakers they're like cool we made a cool movie and now we're moving on to the next one and right. we're gonna do it. and like mm-hmm. every single one they don't miss you know it's just you know yeah. like what are ones people don't see like inside lewin davis which is i still just like, saw that like a year that's ago. a that's a good movie I, i'm not a serious I'm not man huge. that's another one serious man's amazing yeah. um i'm not huge on like uh what was it uh the one with brad pitt the um burn before reading a uh, burn oh yeah yeah burn, burn after, after reading. reading burn yeah, after yeah. reading it's all right yeah and lady killers is that what it's called with tom like hanks that. was that, that that was okay yeah that was 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 i like that one most recent they did hail caesar not too long ago I yeah not not one of my favorites underrated one not one yeah. of my favorites but you know i think they take big swings and yeah. you know and they have and they have like a style and they have like a message and they you know, I, I I appreciate that out of them. Yeah, and they and, uh, and they usually grit, and they like usually nail it. That's yeah. a great one. So too. good. Yes, solid. Yes. Yeah, sometimes yeah. they make a more conventional film like True Grit or a remake or No Country for Old Men based off a based off a book. Yeah, yeah. Cormac McCarthy. Um, Cormac McCarthy, yeah, which is real, real gritty. I mean, Cormac McCarthy's a real gritty writer, yeah. like writing about you know stories that take place in that like uh apocalyptic or yeah or, or in that forgotten like part of the country like that sort of like i don't know what you want to call it but that's sort of mccarthy's like wheelhouse and yeah. they decided to make a film uh uh based on that that book and it was it was terrific oh, it was fan yeah that that was neck and neck with big lebowski for me no country for all men I Javier, I mean Javier Bardem, like oh, alone, dude. alone. Okay, I haven't watched No Country for Old Men in a while, but I just heard someone bring this up recently, and I haven't watched it, so I can't verify. But is it true that in No Country for Old Men there is no music at all? There's no score. There's no soundtrack. No Country for Old Men. Apparently, if you watch it, I never noticed, but. Someone brought this up recently. No music in No Country for All Men. Interesting. Uh, I did not. Know it that actually either. sounds right. Right, like I because it's been a I while. Can't I can't remember any music it. in it, but I can't say otherwise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. I'd have to rewatch it to say for sure. But would have to rewatch it as well. If that's the case, holy shit! Like it, the, the fact that you can create that much atmosphere and that much tension without right. any fucking soundtrack is just a real testament to yeah. their fucking filmmaking like god yeah. damn you know i i can picture scenes that i don't remember music and mm-hmm. uh, you know like when he's giving the uh the dying man the water in the beginning of the movie there's no music there whenever there's the shootout at night between javier bardem and uh mm-hmm. josh brolin there's no music there mm-hmm. whenever yeah. uh uh harrelson is in the office building meeting with the guy on the 13th floor or whatever there's no music mm. there so shit yeah you're right there may not be like I, said, I, I i haven't watched it in a while so i can't say for sure so don't fucking at me or maybe at me anyways it's at movie council pod fucking hit us up <laughs> but, but do it either way do it either yeah. way yeah tell me i'm right or wrong <laughs> you know hit us up so Hmm. Um, I, I'm glad you picked Big Lebowski because you know Coen Brothers would not represent it. I don't think in anyone's bunker. You know, yeah. I heard that. Uh, I read somewhere 
I don't know how true I read it on the internet. So it's probably, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but that, uh, uh, Jeff wasn't going to do that movie. And then like his daughters read the script and they convinced him to do it. They're like, this should be, this would be fun for you to do. Like he almost passed on it and his daughters convinced him to take the role as the dude. Really? That really has become his, his role. Like that is what people know him. Like I said, when we did our whole hell or high water review, the whole time we just referred to it as the dude following around Captain Kirk. So, <laughs> so that has definitely become his iconic role. So I'm glad he took it. Yeah. Yeah, that would be weird to I don't know who else he's glad that he role. took it. Mm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, perfectly cast, right? Yeah, really absolutely. Was. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean you couldn't do it any better than that. No. Yeah. Fucking Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Right. Speaking of which, yeah. all right, is it uh what is it? Paul Thomas Anderson's new one, Licorice Pizza. Is yeah, it, it's his son. Philip Seymour Hoffman's son is in that, isn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. Yeah. You have to that. go check that out. Yeah, I so, can't wait to see that on a side yeah. note. He was he was one I really wanted to put in the bunker, but I just couldn't squeeze it in. But he's mm-hmm. you know. There will yeah. be blood, Magnolia, Boogie Nights. I mean, PTI. Yeah. Boogie yeah. Night. Boogie, Boogie Nights is so real. Boogie Nights should man. be in someone's bunker. Right. Yeah. Just for the jerk off material alone. <laughs> yeah. That was one I wanted to try to squeeze in, but I'm just, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. It would probably slide in over Gladiator, but Gladiator just gets me amped up. You know, if I want to be in a bunker, <laughs> right? But well, Boogie, Boogie Nights, by the way, Andrew, when you're saying like rewatchability, when Boogie Nights first went to, uh, DVD or whatever, I I watched that movie over and over and over and over again. I can't tell oh, you yeah. how many times. Yeah, that it's is so watchable. Yeah. I guess because there's so many different things you can pick up on that film each time you watch it, and the, the different performances from John C. Riley to Philip Seymour Hoffman to you know yeah. Don Cheadle to you know like Julianne Moore is amazing in that film. Yeah, just to that, see it, that. that was one of my uh, honorable mentions too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice! I, like, nice, I got. Nice. I had to fit in a PTA movie somewhere, but I. Can't. Oh I yeah. yeah. So I'm like, come on! I gotta, I gotta have an honorable mention section. Like, <laughs> put that in there because I would say yeah. of all of his, that's what I would choose if I were to choose any PTA. Absolutely, so it would so be between would that and then barely beat top Magnolia, and there will be blood, in my opinion. But okay, um, yeah. yeah, Magnolia was one that when that came out, that surprised me. That yeah. surprised me a lot. Um, yeah. It came out when I was, I don't know if you guys know, I used to work for Blockbuster. That, what? Came, out to, <laughs> that came out during that time frame. Like, and it was, you know, it was when VHS was still around. It was like, it was so long. It was double VHS. Right. I remember when you had the, to get the two, the two on cassettes. the, on the yeah. right. On the new release wall. It mm-hmm. was two cassettes. I remember prepping that movie. <laughs> we got a lot of we got a lot of copies of that film to prep. Yeah, to re- rewind both cassettes. And you're like these sons of bitches. Yeah, these assholes didn't rewind. This Be kind, shit. rewind, you piece of shit. Yeah, assholes. But yeah, I remember Magnolia surprising me how much I liked that film, and because yeah. I, you know, Boogie Nights blew me away. Like that's another film like that's just so so tight like there's no fat on that film like the, everything needs to be in there i feel like right 
Oh, totally. Yeah. Another... You leave anything out of that film, it just becomes like it's just not. It's not. It's not good yeah. enough. Yeah, the scene where uh, who is it who shoots himself? Um, you know this like the single shot all the way through, and then uh, is it William, William H Macy? Macy? William yeah, yeah. Macy. Oh, yes, man. William H Macy. Oh, I was so. just gonna say that movie needed more William H Macy. He was yeah. outstanding in that. Yeah. He's always outstanding. His yeah, shot's he's a terrific a actor. Yeah, PTA. It's just, oh, dude, the way he was at the time, the way he was working the camera, it's like it like blew everyone's mind, and it still holds up to this day. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's it's that was a really 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 hard one to leave out of my bunker, but yeah, um, that would be my top honorable mention. Yeah, understandable. Um, so. uh, you got any other honorable mentions? Yeah, so everyone's got to has you know everyone has that like cheesy movie, right? And this oh, yeah. is not oh, yeah. a uh, this is not a sappy love story. This is like an action movie, but I find it so rewatchable and likable, but also kind of hilarious and also kind of bad. And I have no idea mm-hmm. why I've seen this movie so many times. But Blood Diamond. <laughs> have you guys seen Blood Diamond with Leo? You know why? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Marky. I don't know why. Fucking love that movie. I've seen it so many times, and I don't know if it's like Leo's accent, like what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not even a good movie, really, but it's also fantastic. <laughs> whoa, at the, whoa, same whoa. Time. the guy, the guy from the guy from Gladiators in it, right? G- G-mon yeah, Hanson. Hanson. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, Hanson, yeah, yeah. I cannot like not watch it, and I've I just like choose to watch it. I don't I don't know what it mm-hmm. is, but because of that factor alone. It's got to be an honor. It's an honorable mention. Is that another Ridley Scott movie? No, no, Blood Uh, Diamond. I don't think it is. No, no, I don't think. No, no, no. I was just guessing. I I wasn't saying that for uh, any kind of certainty. Stop confusing us, Marky. Um, I see you guys looking down at your devices, trying to Uh, see where it's from. I I was taking my shoes off. Edward. Oh, 2006. Wow, it's been a while. Yeah, I, I just I don't know why. I just no, Andrew, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Came out quite I mean, a while ago. Obviously, Andrew's movies and I, my movies are going to overlap a bit since uh, we've roomed together in college. A lot of those. Yeah, we. <laughs> you guys were to, roommates in college. We roomed in college. We uh, like mm-hmm. if 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 I got kicked out of my house, I'd be at his house. If he got kicked out of his, he'd be at mine. So like mm-hmm. you know, just watch all the same fucking movies oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah, Andrew and I were the same way. That's just, uh, <laughs> close personal friend. Yeah, we, we you're a homo. <laughs> he was in high school, yeah. and I was way too old to be hanging around with high school kids. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, fellow kids. <laughs> I, we used to literally skateboard and drive me from that fucking meme. Um, <laughs> yeah, Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond hey! is, a, is a honorable mention. Just okay. I can't even explain why. I can't even explain why. It's just it is. Mm-hmm. It's got to no, be it's... in there. I can watch it a bunch. Right? Watch it. Um, that's, that's a good one though. The other Goodfellas light, as I like to call it, and another movie I watched a million times, as Marky probably knows in college, was The Departed. Right. Uh, that is Goodfellas light. That's a that, yeah. that's one of those ones too. That uh, the the only thing with the rewatchability on that is. You have to watch the whole thing. Yeah. Like you can't do parts of Departed. 
but yeah. like you got to pay attention. Good fellows, you can kind of come in halfway through or end halfway yeah. through. Departed, you got to watch it from beginning to end. Oh. And, and when Nicholson you do, in that movie, amazing. Yeah, is a master in that movie. You know, it's just yeah. you know when he's throwing the cooker on, he's like, smell the rat. <laughs> you know, he's doing all the weird <laughs> little things. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, another one I watched over and over and over again, um, especially in college because mm. you know it's so addicted to Scorsese and love Goodfellas but Departed was phenomenal but because I have Goodfellas in there I couldn't slot it in there but in terms of something I've watched so much like The Departed is up there you know The Departed would walk around all the time <laughs> The Departed saying, are you a cop I'm yeah. not a cop <laughs> I mean go fuck yourself yeah dialogue in that movie is are you a cop fantastic. yeah so there's that. And then the, the last one was because he's my favorite, one of my favorite screenwriters um, is does not get the recognition. I mean, he does, but he should get more uh, in Bruges. I know we talked about it earlier, but uh, Mark yes, McDonough. Sir. Yeah. It's just in Bruges. Another one. It's dark comedy. It's so clever. It's so I well love Mark McDonough. I think yeah, he's Mark amazing. McDonough gets a lot of love on this podcast. I'll tell you that. Yeah. 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 He is he is three, three billboards, three billboards is badass. Yeah. And he he is surprisingly like kind of underrated because 100%. you know he's a he's a British playwright and he's done nothing he but write. Yeah, I mean that's what he started doing. That's what he and he could drop in and just write a screenplay and make an awesome movie whenever he wants and then get mm-hmm. out. You know, it's like I think that's why he, he he's like his own his own thing, his own entity, his own empire. Um and yeah just his writing you know is i've always just like loved his writing like i remember reading a screenplay for seven psychopaths back before he made it it can't it came through annapurna and i was just like do we have that's, to make this movie yeah that's um, one i haven't seen yeah you it's it's i haven't it's very solid but in bruges to me in is bruges my and, and and three billboards uh yeah or uh, three in, bill, in my opinion three billboards is, is three billboards is amazing it's yeah, in okay, Bruges, I, Three Billboards, and Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, Three Billboards uh, is one I have a complaint on the Writers Guild list. They had that at like number 80. Oh, come they're on. They're telling oh me there are God. 79 screenplays better than that this fucking century. No. I find that hard to believe. Three Billboards, again, I mean, we've talked about this podcast before, so I'm repeating myself, but like it, it's so rare to have a movie surprise me as much as that movie surprised me. Yeah. Like, and the character development from uh, yeah. Sam Rockwell and uh, mm-hmm. the growth in the, the character partnership between uh, Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell. I mean, honestly, yeah. the so way, great. the way that they, uh, the character that Sam Rockwell plays, um, the, I don't know how to say it, but like, it's almost like he was so perfectly cast for that. Like yeah. he, st- he stole almost every scene he was in. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's why he, I think he did win the Oscar for that, right? Supporting actor. Um, like he was, he was so. perfect. I don't remember. I don't remember. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect casting. He stole almost every scene he was in. He was like, he embodied that character. Yeah. Embodied yeah. it. It was I hated that motherfucker. But his story, <laughs> his story arc was so right. It was so redemptive. Like his his arc was very 
he right. had such a great arc too. Like they yeah. they wrote him so well. Like that was the strength of the screenplay. They yeah, wrote yeah. that character so so mm-hmm. well. Man, yeah, Sam Rock Sam Rockwell is such a such a force. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he's, he's one of my favorite actors. He's yeah. such a force, man. Such a force. Yeah, and to let you know, he did. He won best supporting actor, and he, to- and he deserved one best leading. And they that. both deserved. They both deserved it. Francis McDormand was a force in that movie too. Yeah, he yeah. was a fucking force. She was. I was afraid of her in that movie. Yeah. I loved Woody Harrelson in that movie too. He was yeah. great too. He God, was great. I'm telling you, yeah. you got a great screenplay like that, and you get actors that really like. They want to. They want to do it. That man, you get that. You get yeah. what they did. And a fucking winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. total I, winner. I had to squeeze. I I wanted to squeeze him in there, but um, yeah, once again, a little hard to find room. But he, uh, yeah, but in Bruges, like we haven't even. That was your honorable mention. In Bruges is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I so yeah, good. I I just love, yeah, I love that one. dark comedy slash drama that's like told in the way. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it's it's Coen Brothers is the same way. You know, it's yeah. That's why I had to find. Like, I love. I love that, and um, and Bruges hits that on the head for me perfectly. So it totally does, and it's like that that one little area that film takes place in, right? That little town. Yeah, yeah. Bruges, Bruges. you know what I mean? In Bruges, fucking Bruges, like a fairy tale. (laughs) That little area, like that little shit place, and and that, and they're able to just. Oh, I, I love that film too. I love that. The first yeah. time I saw that film, I was in Charlotte. I was watching it with my Oh, yeah. Kid. I made you watch it. Right. Yeah. Right. We watched it together. Yeah. We, held, we held him. We cuddled too, I think. At one yeah. Point. Okay. <laughs> when it got too yeah. scary for AJ, I held him. Yeah. It got yeah. scary. The only, especially, uh, especially when Ray Fine shows up, you know? Yeah. The <laughs> only other thing I was like, what over the top kind of comedy? you know, could I include in there? And that would be, you know, a Wedding Crashers or a Step Brothers or like a Will Ferrell type comedy would have been, mm-hmm. would have been my yeah. other thing. Um, yeah. So, but you can go to Mark. What would, what would have been watch, that? Uh, what, what would have been that film though? Like over the top. I, you comedy. know, for me, it was, um, it was either Wedding Crashers or Step Brothers. Okay. Um, Good choice. Okay. Uh, or uh, um, Old School. Old school for sure. Oh yeah, yeah we used to watch that one a old lot. School, yeah, yeah, I've seen old school a lot. Yeah, a lot. It, would, it would have been a, one of those three. But that's the thing; it's like they're all kind of you kind of you you see one, you've seen them all, right? But you can yeah. watch them all separately a million times. You know, it's like I don't get tired of any of them. Um, so it's hard to squeeze one of those into it. But it would have been in that kind of world of Andrew. The apocalypse is coming. You got to pick one, baby. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? You can you can go to Marky's Bunker and watch Anchorman. So yes, yeah, Anchorman. Yeah, 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 that's what I forgot about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anchorman would be good. Yeah, there's some Adam McKay for you. Yeah. So I is that one of yeah, him? Is that one of his Adam films? McKay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My bunker had uh, Anchorman, uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Did I, did I put Predator in there or is it Commando? Uh, neither. You Predator. Had, uh, I thought no. No, Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Twenty-eight yep. days later. That makes sense. And uh, Last of the Mohicans. 
that, that adds up. Oh, that's yep. pretty good. Yeah. That really does add up. 28 yeah. Days Later is very fitting. Great movie, too. Right? And that's, yeah, that's right. 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 Like, Marky, why did you have to remind yourself of what, what happened when <laughs> watching 28 Days Later? That baby. It's like putting <laughs> children of men in your bunker. You know? yeah. yeah. I'm talking about practice. Or the road. <laughs> You well, the road. The road. Well, oh, that's what I was trying yeah. to think of. Cormac oh, McCarthy, man. the road. Yeah. Well, the yeah. book I've read, I've never seen the movie, but the book. The movie's good. Viggo Mortensen and yeah, it's John really Wilco good. Directed. Yeah, the book. It, the book. The book is terrific. It's one of my favorite books of all time. Yeah, yeah. my too. Yeah, I've done the opposite. I haven't read the book, but I've seen the movie, and it's great. Mm. I've read yeah. both, and they're both equally disturbing. Hey, I've um, seen and read. Yeah. What's the uh, what's the what's the quiet one? Silent place. That's a quiet, quiet place. place. Oh, a quiet, a quiet place. place. Yeah. 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 The uh, what's his name? Krasinski. Yeah, yeah, he directed yeah. it. Yeah. First one's better than the second, but yeah, it's pretty. The second one's still second good, one's though. still pretty darn good. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, fun. I think more fun than than the first one's more tension filled. The yeah, second uh, one's your, fun. your boy from Twenty Eight Days Later is in a quiet place too. That's oh, right. Oh, Kelly and Murphy. Murphy. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's he's a terrific actor. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, a blinders is fantastic. I was I was about to say I'm ready to go down a tangent now. Yeah, and I think he, he's, he's kind of on a roll now. Killian Murphy's been yeah. in some stuff. Peaky Blinders, talking about Netflix. Yeah. I mean, that was a like a BBC special that Netflix picked up, and now like now they, they they show him first, and the BBC and Netflix gets air airs it after in the US. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Peaky Blinders. Yeah, love that show. Yeah, Tom Hardy. So People started showing up with the hats more often nowadays, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. they, oh, yeah. whatever they call them. Go fast hats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sc- Scally caps. Yeah. A- yeah. Or like newsboy caps. Whatever. Like news- gotta newsboy, put a little, newsboy. Yeah. Put a little yeah. razor in the visor. Yeah, put some razors know? in it so you can slap yeah. somebody in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Uh, Andrew. Awesome awesome fucking bunker movies and then all around uh, thank you for being with us tonight this was a fucking fabulous thanks for episode. uh thanks for having me on as usual you know yeah uh, keep we... you guys posted pr- pump mm-hmm. the movies promote the movies that's See right where, uh, hopefully they you know do well mm-hmm. 2022 could be a big year for them so we'll see ah right yeah we, we look forward to it so yeah hey and like we said we tell you every time whenever Whenever you want, you're welcome to come and join us. Uh, yeah, we, we, we love having you. So, um, gentlemen, you got to actually, you know what, real quick for the listeners. Uh, uh, I know I said it once, but I'll say it again. Uh, give us, give us a, a follow on social media. You can find us at Movie Council Pod. Uh, you can send us an email to moviecouncilpod at gmail.com. And uh, you know, give us a, a, a review and a rating on a, on especially on iTunes. It's super helpful. And you know, tell a friend. Get, if you're listening to us, get get one of your friends to listen as well. Like uh, Asfister twenty three. Yeah, Asfister twenty three. <laughs> when he's done fisting his own ass, he tells his friends to listen. So that's right. what makes him one of the one of the top listeners for this podcast. Even though he exactly. absolutely insulted every one of us which you know i i, <laughs> I kind I like of enjoyed that. so keep those coming ask fister 23 <laughs> yeah so uh 
great, great episode, guys. I uh, I had a great time. You guys got anything before we wrap up? Negatory. Uh, all right, yeah. then. Uh, mm-hmm. No. It, then for for myself and for a- AJ and for Marky and for our our very special guest, the Honorable CPF of the Movie Council, Andrew Harvey. <laughs> We say thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you again next week. Good night. Night, night. You gotta shake your titties now. The movie council is adjourned.